Bill Mosley, Daniel Harris, Dick Warlock, George Romero, Kane Hodder, Robert England, Ronnie Blakely, CJ Graham, and you're listening to Deep in Horror, Texas. You gotta be fucking kidding. Deep in the horror of Texas, I'm Nathan. I'm Jeff. And we are back to discuss Texas Chainsaw 3D and Leatherface 2017. This is awesome. No. This is awesome. <laughs> this is the this is the episode I've been waiting for. What? <laughs> the final episode. Uh, yeah, it yeah, is. Kind of on the uh, whole uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. We are staying away from series for a while after this. I think we can agree. We need the break. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard when you... Ralph is is manager uh, at GameStop. He, you know, during the fucking hol- holiday, season, uh, holiday just, season, he's fucked. We need to work 16 Oh, once again, day. yeah, Ralph's not here. He actually took my advice literal. Yeah. He's uh, returning the heart of Tiffy. <laughs> he's on a cruise ship, though. He's not having to build the, the raft with wood and, you know, tie it together with fucking VHS tape. Wilson! <laughs> he's actually just, you know, doing the modern yeah, cruise. Yeah, modern cruise. <laughs> yeah. The three-hour tour. I mean, Jeff works all the fucking time, raises a family. I work fucking all, all the, the time, damn time, yeah. and I have a family. So when we get into series, folks, it's it's kind of hard because... We're bogged down. Yeah, we know we're committed to at least watching the movie twice. Yeah. Watching behind the scenes if we have it. Uh, if we don't have it, we have to search the fuck out of it on YouTube and... Look for notes. Uh, uh, yeah, or I, I've been looking at like weird... I like checking out people's reviews too. See how it was like kind mm-hmm. of warranted then, because Rotten Tomatoes and stuff wasn't really, you know. Yeah, that's fucking people who smell their own ass. Yeah, because I mean, uh, so you like try to roll look for, the windows. Uh, yeah, so like what <laughs> what did Variety say in 2013 about Texas Chainsaw? It's like, oh, that's pretty much where we're at still yeah. here in 2017. Usually, I'll like read like uh, different articles by like Bloody Disgusting. Or, yeah, totally. You know, other other movie reviewers. Well, I know. Although I don't steal your info, motherfucker. Well, we got caught up in our own discussions about like timeline and stuff like that. In the way, I like the way I you know like we choose to perceive it because you'll get you know up the wazoo of like people's opinions and takes on it. There's like wiki this and wiki that for the transference. Yeah, yeah of everybody like, oh, this is the way we view the timeline or this is what we think happened or this is what happened. I was like, eh. Yeah. I mean, we kind of come straightforward with it. Yeah. Uh, you I, know, it's, you could go in depth and do all these thesis and hypothesis 
I know. Yeah, I, I do just, that. <laughs> I've got I, too many know, movies to review. Yeah, I enjoy for what it is and what little we get out that's good. We discuss you know and we tend we we tend to put a magnifying glass on the crap that just does not work (laughs) that just we're like fuck that that really let me down because it was like a waste of my fucking time well i was super stoked like when you know when we decided to xna halloween until the new movie comes out next year yeah i was happy for that because it's like you know what then we don't have to revisit um so I can't remember if it was me or you or whoever or Ralph uh, said Texas Chainsaw. And I was stoked, but then I remembered, God, there is a lot of shitty movies in this series. Well, I think we we did the right thing. We did a whole solid episode for part one. We did a solid episode for part two. And then three and four, there's no way you could devote a whole episode to No fucking way. (laughs) And then we quickly Maybe three, but not four. Yeah. I mean, we we did do a two-hour episode, so we gave a solid hour of just... Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to that on our other previous review. God damn. I think we went through almost the whole entire filmography of Seagal and fucking Van Damme. By the way, we were wrong. Uh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, Universal Soldier movie that, that I was talking about, you said it was Reckoning? Regeneration. Regeneration's Day of Reckoning is the newest The newest one? one? Yeah, it's badass. Then there's uh, <laughs> the new Kickboxer films that he's coming out now where he's the mentor, and they do like, there's a whole another Kickboxer line. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know nothing. I want to know nothing. So, Universal Soldier one. Then there's part two. And then there's oh, there's like five of them. Oh there's shit, like five or six of them. Oh man, we gotta do that. But yeah, regenerate. Fuck! I thought we just said we weren't doing series. If we're doing a series, we're doing Under Siege. We do one episode. We just do all the Universal Soldiers. I, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I like the first one a lot. Me too. There's like Universal Soldier, like Legacy, Regeneration. And then the last one you just Day mentioned. of Reckoning. Day of Reckoning. There's another one. No shit. I can't remember the name of it. Jesus. I know there's like six of them. Yeah, until like they ban or get rid of wrestling, there's always going to be... A wrestler? In it? <laughs> a <laughs> Universal Soldier. <laughs> Dude, Bill Goldberg was in one of them. Exactly. I don't watch wrestling. I, don't, I know the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to not know Goldberg. Yeah. It's Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg. I, wish, I, wish, I wish Stone Cold to come on more things. Though. Well, I mean, he was uh, doing quite a few movies for a while. Back in the day, right? Yeah. He was in The Longest Yard or whatever the fuck. Did you ever watch uh, Lance Hendrickson and was it Drew Bosworth in uh, Stone Cold, the, the bike? Oh, of course. God, right? I, the Boz, dude? I love that fucking film. <laughs> I love that movie. That is the movie. blondest mullet I've ever seen in my life. I need you to talk to Chaz. <laughs> Man, he did not dress cool. <laughs> I don't care what he wants to God damn, he was like shaggy in the van and stuff. He was in a Canadian tuxedo every inch of that movie <laughs> with a big blonde God. mohawk. And Hendrickson, man, that was like the voice that just could cut steel. He's just like... <laughs> what is he saying? I wonder what it'd be like if Bobcat Goldwraith was in that movie. God, it'd be hilarious. Probably Bobcat is a biker. That'd be just priceless. Come. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. I like your Harley. <laughs> All right. So we're here to talk about Texas Chainsaw 2013, uh, also known as Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. This uh, this is a January 4th, 2013 release. Um, saw it in theater. Budget, $20 million, Made box office, 47.2. Mm. Uh, as far we talked about this a little bit before the show, we talked about the uh, the director John uh, Lucenhop. Yeah, not a lot, not a lot. I mean, there was Takers, was one film with I, Matt Dillon. I do remember he was attached to a Halloween project way back in the day. Him and Patrick, uh, 
I don't fucking remember Patrick his name. Melton, maybe? No, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a kind of an odd last name, but it was Patrick something and, and John Lusenhop were supposed to do, I believe, either Halloween Resurrection or they were attached to the Rob Zombie Halloweens. Either way, they didn't get fucking made. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this guy's like got like two shorts and two full movies and then like CSI Miami and shit, I think. Not a lot out of the guy. You know, he had a good eye. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to shit on him for like making something that, you know, was well, like the next generation or anything like that. Who do I credit the uh the look of the film to? Do I credit it to the director or to the cinematographer? You know what I mean? Like it, Carpenter had a vision, but Dean Cundey was able to make that yeah. gorgeous. So, I mean, cinematographers but, play a huge role in, in the look. I, 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 I believe that. But when you look into, like, uh, what was that, Salt and Precinct? Uh, 13. Uh, 13. Uh, Tommy Wallace was, like, a production designer. So yeah. you got to think, all right, Carpenter comes in with a vision. He hires the people to build the vision, and he hires a photographer to, to photograph the vision. So I think ultimately it's, you know, it's the director. If he's not seeing what the fuck he has in his brain, you're not doing your job. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, when when you come back to uh, All you can do Halloween, is like, yeah. fucking uh, John and Dean, you know, Dean was like, hey, how do you want me to light this and this, that, and the other? And and they got in a long conversation about Chinatown. Yeah. And saw light, you know, real good blues and soft whites and Dean immediately knew what the hell he was talking about. So, you know, that's why Halloween has a lot of blue light. And I think that's what says a lot about the director. Cause when I saw assault on precinct 13, uh, the other night on Blu-ray, it's clean, yeah, but the good. camo work is so clunky. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to figure that was his... 70, but I'm thinking like, because when he got it's to like Halloween, second movie, I think so after dark star, I think it's what he did after Dark Star. Yeah, and Dark right. Star is basically like a student film. Yeah. But this was the He you, won an Academy Award for Dark Star. No shit. Mm-hmm. The best short film. Damn. Um, but <laughs> I expected a smoothness in Halloween. You know, there's a smoothness in Halloween. I expected to see it in Assault, but with Cundy not at the helm, Mm-mm. there wasn't that smooth opening steady cam shots. And Do stuff this. Like Watch Assault on Precinct 13 back to back with Stephen King's miniseries It. Gotcha. Similar look, clunkiness, you know, because Tommy Lee Wallace, Halloween three as well. Yeah. Um, But because when you jump, like, I know we're off the topic, but when you jump way ahead to like pro life and stuff they did for Masters of Horror, Mm -hmm. you see all this stuff where you're like, wow, if he doesn't have when Deborah Hill and Dean aren't like on his side and his team, you don't have that winning team, that that winning vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but, you know, a good argument for that is, uh, uh, his latest movie that um, the ward the ward yeah it's actually shot beautifully it's beautiful yeah and he didn't have any any normal of his you know his carnival of yeah. people but we always talk about that if you have the right positive people around you with yeah. the can do attitude they know they see the best in you and you just elevate each other and i think what john does anymore is he's just like i don't give a fuck yeah who it is here here like you know guys worth 70 fucking million dollars yeah he, he doesn't really have to worry so that's why you know, he's just kind of like, you know, like when Rob Zombie came to him with the Hall remake, remake, he was just like, knock yourself out, kid. You know, do a home run for yourself. Yeah. He don't really give a fuck. When you saw this Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie in 2013, did you see it in 3D? Yes. So I know this in is 3D and out of 3D. And this was like the big time when they're doing like what the the Titans of was it the Wrath of Clash of the Titans yeah, in 3D. Everything, everything was, was getting, 3D. Yeah. Everything. I mean, 
you couldn't escape 3D. But what I remember most from watching this one in theaters was that opening when they took the actual 74. That was the only best part of the movie. Because <laughs> they did like this thing where they would they would separate like you would have foreground stuff and they use like weird lumin you know like luminescent lighting or something like that mm-hmm. that would like it would just brought. Well, yeah, they they made the look of the film go grainy, like you're actually looking at film stock. It was beautiful, you know, like when the cops driving on the road, you know, and it, the the point of view is from his eyes, you know, looking over the dash over the hood, driving down this road. Yeah, and like, yeah, like when when they're doing the credits at the beginning, you see the seventy four, the seventy four. Yeah, that was like we had never seen that. No, it was that a good, clean. It was good. Um, I mean, that aspect ratio, that clean, taken into three D. I mean, you wouldn't believe that this was shot on 16 millimeter. Like it was no. just, it was. It's just something that always stuck out in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was crazy how they did that. Um, I didn't even think about that honestly. Because I mean, we wouldn't get the 4K restoration till like, what was that, like last year, 2015, 2016, when we got the the big 40th anniversary 4K restoration. So this is like yeah. the first time they touched that old footage and made it. Yeah, like, it looks great, and they they matched it up pretty well oh, to yeah. the new footage. Um, and then the acting starts. <laughs> God, because the big thing that those use when they show the uh, the the dinner scene, and instead mm-hmm. of them cutting to Drayton by uh, Jim Sidow or Sadow, um, yeah, you see fucking Bill Mosley. Get her! He's so goofy. <laughs> and what was bad is like I watched some of the behind the feature stuff on the Blu-ray, and like he was like, I was trying to challenge Jim's spirit for this you know i'm trying to see how he might do it and i was just like yeah he did it all right i guess and see why the guy never won any awards yeah but i mean you know i can't knock him he's trying to yeah i mean come on that's some big shoes to fill when people play big how the fuck are you supposed to replicate their bigness you know what i mean totally it's like uh you know phil hartman big 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 uh, Bill McNeil. Like, oh, yeah. You can't, how are you going to have someone replace Yeah, that? like when they brought in uh, fucking what's-his-name to step in after John Lovett. God, <laughs> you don't do that. That's like <laughs> acting. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I mean, you just, there's, there's, when people go big, that's them putting them, their own action, you know, and actors, Going big, that's them fucking channeling themselves, like and now, and playing much, it silly. So to try to get into that mindset and then go big, yeah, it never works. And the dinner scene was just like the only thing actually he played big because the rest of it he plays almost like a real toned down dream, yeah. like because it was like uh, the one scene with the Gunner Hansen stepped in. It mm-hmm. was a. Uh, Give him the boy. He's simple anyway. He's family. <laughs> He's family. I mean, you know. And, well, what do you what, what do you do? What, if we give him the boy, we'll send him out, and uh, we just gotta make sure he gets a. And he gets a good lawyer. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> How can a cop agree to that? I love that this this takes place right after she runs away. You know, after yeah, uh, it's like they're literally driving up, like as she got to town. Because they though in the cop car, like you said, it does that cool shot where you're like almost like naked gun. Yeah, see like Black Maria right there parked to the side. Yeah. What I was amazed, impressed about is that we get that unique intro that takes us back to the '74, but you see. Uh, you see the uh, what happens to the driver, the semi truck driver, in the in this. What happened? Uh, when when Drayton goes back to get you did it now, boy. 
Uh, you see the fucking semi truck driver. He's on the meat hook. Oh, I didn't see He's in the that. back scene. You see oh, the, shit. You see him like hanging there in the fucking wife beater and everything. The orange wife beater or the yellow wing. He's just yeah. hanging there. He's just like, oh, shit. He eventually caught him. I didn't I didn't ever catch that. That's crazy. On the cutting table, it's uh, the hitchhiker. And he's covered with a uh, like a like a blanket or something. Yeah. And then hanging from a meat, co- uh, meat hook is a goddamn semi truck driver. I was like, what the fuck? That's awesome. I was like, cool. It's like you get a little... You know, that's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, we thought like, he escaped because he, he books it, dude. <laughs> mm. I was like, God damn. I mean, how did he catch him? He saw it his leg. Fucked up. Maybe Drayton caught up with him in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the bitch meat? <laughs> Let the bitch meat get away, dude. Yeah, uh, this beginning's actually fun until one character shows up. Yeah, because it was cool seeing Gunner. He's actually seated in the same fucking spot where we always talked about where he does that that kind of freak out moment at the window in the original. Mm-hmm. And he had like fucking 2013 fucking Gunner sitting there like. I like how Grandpa was sitting back there. He's all, where's Sawyers? And Grandpa's all, yeah. Like, nodding his head. <laughs> God, the prosthetic plastic mask. So animal. It's like, oh, man. I was just like. But I'd like to know where all these people just came from. I mean, this is like 20 minutes if not less than and, and we'll get after into, she escapes. Yeah. You know, and, and the cops are on the but scene. That, that's what this movie kind of leads into is like kind of a setup that they wanted to do was to kind of make this almost like a Saul thing. They wanted to have this like uh, the Hatfield McCoy kind of stuff. Mm. And oh, look, yeah. Bloodline hate. Yeah. So the Sawyers were the Sawyers. And that was like kind of their county. That's why like, the family's just all Sawyer around there. But then Verna marries a Carson. And that whole county area of that part of Texas, there's a Carson oil field. Mm. So she married into oil money, and that's how Verna kind of becomes, you know, the richest shit. Yeah, the the matriarch, you know, like fucking queen of the Sawyers. Yeah, but still, like, how did Gunner, you know, whatever Sawyer he is, and all those all those people, he's listed like, as Boss Sawyer. <laughs> yeah, like, look, fucking, there's a chick Sawyer walking around with a baby. Yep, who's supposed to be like Drayton's. Wife or some shit. Why would you bring her? Like, think about that. Yeah. Well, hey, our family just chopped up a bunch of people and got caught. We gotta get over there with shotguns and defend the house. Baby, get the baby. Get in the car, <laughs> babe. We're going. We're going to Verna's house. It'd be the last person I bring. Because Verna's got what? Bring my bulldog. She's got Jedediah. She's got fucking uh, the hitchhiker guy. Uh, fucking Nubbins. Yeah. I mean, she's got all these boys, and then she has his one daughter. Who has a baby, and that kind of gives us the whole fucking illusion of this fucking boss Sawyer, uh, like uh, Alexandria Diodario, uh, and then she's like, you know, the offspring of the Sawyer Carson lineage. Yeah, yeah. And you came up with that fucking awesome. Like I didn't even do the math until you fucking said it. And I was like, okay, this everybody pretty much died that August nineteenth. 1974 mm-hmm. and then you do the timeline to 2012 2013 yeah this lady should be 39 years old i know okay i'm glad you brought that up i look throughout this movie they make a shit ton of mistakes um skipping ahead uh when when uh the we can't skip ahead that far that's like at the, no, 50 we'll, we'll, minutes into the no, movie but we'll go into the things we did like about texas or what you know yeah we won't do scene for scene there's no point um Yes, uh, Alexandria Diodario is a baby when the entire Sawyer family is gunned down. Their house is burnt down by Bert and his merry band of douchey motherfuckers. Because when Bert shows well, up... We got anything just... about him? Oh, yeah. I think we got the old... Uh... 
Stay back now, Bird. I got you. Ready to back you up. Yeah, you can start by getting everybody back of their cars and hightailing it out of here. That ain't gonna happen. Let's go, boys. Oh, this guy, as he waves his gun around, like, oh, he pulls so, up the Trans Am. He's so stupid. This guy is a horrible actor. I can't stand him. But anyways, Bert and his merry band of douches uh, burn down the house, murder all the Sawyers. Uh, but the baby, um, you know, the, the, the I don't know what like Sawyer his little is. Fucking they escape. She gets shot. She's holding her baby. And like in the very backyard, one of the friends of Bert discovers her takes yeah. the baby kicks her in the face she dies from a kick in the face that's a hard kick that's a that's a boot <laughs> that's a cowboy boot baby that's a pointed nose boot right to your fucking cheek <laughs> but anyways yes yeah, so she's like two years old originally watching this film i always thought it was late 80s yeah but i look up the timeline it's supposed to be present day 2013 that would mean 74 to 2013, Alexandria Diodario is playing like 42, 41 years old. Yeah. No. This chick is 25. Yeah. If she's lucky yeah. and she's got double Ds. <laughs> 25, 26 year old playing a 39, 40 year old woman. Yeah. I mean, usually, you know, actresses are older, play younger. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm 35, but I'm playing 25. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, you got nice skin. You get Diodario, uh, you get Alexandria when you should have like Meg Ryan or something like that. <laughs> oh my God, I wouldn't go that deep. <laughs> no, but she like uh, somebody that that actually. I mean, I don't want anybody to replace Alexandria Diodario. She no. is fucking smoking hot, especially but in like this. A, a, especially in this. A beer for my for my guy. Oh yeah, could have totally. easily played this with dark hair, light blue eyes. You should have just played it. Go. Yeah, you should have played 35, it. 36 years old playing a 39, 41 year old ish. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and for people that are like, wait, no, that's not right. This is supposed to be the nineties or eighties. No, they use FaceTime. On a cell phone. No, on on uh, Verna's tombstone. It says she died in 2012. 2012. August something, 2012. Exactly. September 2012. So there's a couple ways that you go, oh, fuck. Okay, this movie is pre- supposed to be present day. Yeah. Um, another fucking mistake is uh, Alexandria bumps into the newspaper clipping of her entire family getting slaughtered. She doesn't know she's a sawyer. She finds out way, you know later in the movie. But the date to the gate that takes her into Verna's is 81974 mm-hmm. whatever the fuck August 19th uh that's the day that they died yeah but then the newspaper publish is dated the 19th as well oh really and the picture that's in the newspaper is what they took in the middle of the night after everything burnt down and they found the chainsaw and everything yeah, yeah. else so this person snapped that fucking picture Ran to the news desk, printed it, and pressed it that day. No, it would be tomorrow's paper. It would be the next day's paper. Yeah. yeah. No, come on. Dude, they fuck up so many fucking timelines in this movie. It's not even funny. What I, I laugh, too, is like everybody that was a Sawyer had a necklace with the S. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And then like that, it got burned on uh, the Adario's fucking carrier. Uh, I mean, I always shave my pubes in an F. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a that's my birthmark. It's like my yeah. It's like a half. Like you can't she got tell burned what it is. She had that burn scar, and she was like, it an looks infant. like two C's because it's the top of the top. It's like okay, <laughs> okay. There is no C's anywhere. In that you're not chest. double C. You're double D. <laughs> that, it was funny because when you listen to the commentary, and she's doing that scene where she uh, she gets the wheel. And she's walking up the stairs and shit. And he goes, "How many people are think? Uh, how many people you think are staring at that piece of paper in her hand?" 
like, <laughs> you see like the other guy in the background. He's like, I think it's Toby Hooper. Something. He's just he's quiet. He's like, I'm not gonna go there, John. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, dude, dude. She's so hot. She is gorgeous. And just when you think this young lady can't be gorgeous enough, you get introduced to her friend when they're at the mm. shopping mark. All right, I don't thing, find her face pretty, but God, she's got oh, she's some great gorgeous. stems. Oh man, she comes. Her out, legs and answer. When she was in Lost. That's the first time I saw her. She wasn't lost. Mm. And I was like, man, this girl's beautiful. And when I started coming out in Texas Chainsaw and she played that kind of character, I was just like, God, this girl's just awesome. Mm. But when they show Alexandria for the first time, uh, uh, she's working as a butcher in a shopping mart or, you know, like a grocery store. Mm-hmm. All right. When you're working with meat. That bashes. Yeah. When you're working <laughs> at meat with meat, you don't really get to wear a beanie. Yeah. You're wearing, no. like, I mean, you're full on. Again, this is why I've always thought, because this is a dated supermarket, I always thought it's it like was the, the weird, 80s. This is a stupid shit we, I, we noticed, you know, when you're watching yeah. the movie, you're like, And they're driving like a pristine, brand new yeah. Volkswagen van that's like the 1980s model. Because when I went to the grocery store, I saw a guy wearing the chin one because he had a beard. And I was like, what? You have to wear a chin hairnet when you're <laughs> dealing with, you know, the meat? And I was like, that's just... Weird. You just shave. I never saw. I've never. Well, I guess I've just been oblivious that there was like a chin hairnet. You know, I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" I'm gonna cover up this goatee. You know, don't want. Yeah, I mean, it's uh it's one of those things. But uh, yeah, that's stupid shit. I know. So yeah, she's she's just by chance. She's a, a, a meat person, butcher, butcher. Yeah, produce, and she has a very. Strong affinity for collecting bones. Oh yeah, she's just her her bone art. Yeah, her yeah. You give me bone art, <laughs> <laughs> which her boyfriend was glad to like. Yeah, he was like, yeah. Was... Hey, but by the way, her boyfriend is a douche. Dude, come on, this, this guy sucks. This guy was like what, Young Jeezy or some shit? Dude, yeah, his, fucking... his name was like uh, Trey Song. Trey Song. Yeah, God damn, you're such a dork. Like this guy can't act. Okay, he's like. Ugh. Are you gonna talk about his bag routine? Yes, because you know what I, you punch you you yeah. I grew up boxing. Yeah. I mean, I you know I was in Golden Gloves and shit like that. I, I yeah, punched a many of bags in my day. This guy is walloping a fucking ten to fifteen pound bag. <laughs> that is a woman's that bag. Bitch barely moves. And I don't mean to talk down about ladies hitting light bags, but that's a that's a female's bag. Yeah, <laughs> he's like hitting it and it's <laughs> flying across the room. And it's like he's beat. He knows how to beat. Dude, them. you're a you're a buck forty soaking wet, fully suited, and you're oh god, yeah. And that's not—is he an MMA fighter? I don't think so. No, because he he says this line where him and Heather are laying down, the doorbell rings, and he goes, "Oh, it could be my contract." Oh yeah, you're right. Maybe he's. Winning. He never claimed to be a singer or anything like that. He's always beating the hell out of this bag with the worst goddamn. Worst form I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> if he would have missed one of those punches, he would have fell right onto his fucking <laughs> face. Like, uh, no, he's terrible. Um, but yeah, I was confused. Like, I was like, wait, he's an MMA fighter. And then, of course, I'm confused again. I'm like, and he didn't have MMA in the 80s. And I'm like, God damn it, this 2013. God doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Even the, like, even all the cars in this are fucking dated. Oh yeah, I mean. Yeah, it stands out. You're just like kind of scratching your head, like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, Except the cop cars. I never even, I just realized the cop cars are all like new 2013 Chargers and shit. Yeah, you're right. The friend, not the, not Heather's friend, the chick that's gorgeous. I forget her name. Uh, Terry or some shit. I don't know. Nikki. Nikki. Thank you. Uh, Kenny. 
Oh, God. God damn, when Kenny shows up, he's like, oh, my crepes. Kareem Maliki Sanchez. That's his fucking goddamn name. <laughs> this dude, when he shows up, I was just like, oh, man, where's the fuck of this story going? Because, I mean, it just jumps to, like, she pink goes, pop collared shirt. He's about five foot tall. But, you know, but, and he looks just like, uh, what's the, one of those fucking backstreet boys? <laughs> God, but she was like, my grandma died. And then she goes and talks to her parents. And they're like, yeah, you came from trash. Yeah. I found you. <laughs> And then, like, the mom's like, don't go to that that town. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not a good town for you to go to. And then she goes back to her boyfriend's house, and it's just, like, the worst lines ever. It's like, my grandma's dead. I'm going to go to, you know, Texas to go look at the stuff. And then they're like, oh, we, we packed already. We're going to go drive down to Texas with you to go. Yeah, well, they were, like, planning a trip to New Orleans or yeah, some right, shit. Yeah. And then just by chance. Just by chance. Know, here we go. Right, yeah. right before they're about to We're going to cancel that trip, and we're just going to go with you. That's right. God damn. But lo and behold, they stop at the uh, gas station, and like things can't get any worse. Now you have the ragtag group of you know Trey songs. Uh, <laughs> they they bump into this fucking guy. Uh, like, like, do we got something to? Oh, hey, dude, you all right? I should probably sue. All right, this, they literally bump into him. We have the hitchhiker scene in 2013 now. <laughs> this guy acts like he like he says he's from uh, Shreveport. Yeah, but he has like a Wisconsin accent. Like it, it might as well as be Matt Foley. They <laughs> ran over like, ah, you hit me in the rain. I am on my way to Shreveport, and my car is broke down by the river. <laughs> I'm in the fucking rain. <laughs> Can I get to ride with you young people? <laughs> sure. Get inside, Daryl. Thank you very much. I have $60 for you. If I don't sue, maybe you can give me the beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably sue, but I'm not going to. As long as I get some jerky. <laughs> Oh, my Matt Foley's a little rusty. Dude, but that sounds good hilarious. That fucking hilarious. <laughs> this guy does not have a fucking southern accent. No. He's like, oh, I went up to Oklahoma because of my girlfriend, but then she kicked me out, so I'm on my way back home to Shreveport. But I'm not kidding you. Like, I we live where we are sharing borders with Louisiana. There's a twang. Oh, yeah. Everybody, I mean, just like most Texas has a twang. Yep. This guy has no twang. No twang. He's from like Ogden, Utah, or yeah. some shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> How y'all doing? I like to get a ride. Thank you for the jerky. I am now soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> I am trustworthy. You can leave your possessions right here with me. God, yeah. <laughs> I'll give y'all money for steak, dude. So yeah, they trust this guy because they hit him with the truck, but. Well, it was just- uh, when they pull up to the house, and it's literally not just a house. Like, we've seen inheritance houses. It's literally a fucking one-bedroom fucking house. Yeah. This is an estate. Yeah, this is gorgeous. Like a mansion. Oil money. God damn, this fucking house was gorgeous. Bad as fuck, dude. God, I would love to have seen this house and more fucking films. Okay. Now we're going to get into a part that I just, I fucking, I gag every time I watch this. Okay. They're walking through the house. They notice all this Silver and your mom, your grandma is rich. rich as fuck, right? Look like rain, like play a little pool. Fuck your face. Uh, but they okay, they're here. Like, okay, at the beginning, 
when they are about to enter the property, they meet the lawyer, and the lawyer's like, hey, you need to read this letter. Yeah, it's read from the letter. Burner. You have to read it immediately. Like, Make sure you read the letter. Make sure. Very specific. They go in. She puts the letter down. They fucking go out throughout, you know, run around the house, which I could see. Oh, I'd, being run, normal. Yeah, I'd run to the house. Yeah. But they're there five minutes, and they're like, hey, we're all going to go to the store. Let's leave this total fucking stranger in this fucking rich house. Yeah. Where's he going to go? Nobody stays with him. No. Everybody leaves. The Backstreet Boy. Well, give me a Backstreet Boy name that he looks like. Kenny looks like a Backstreet Boy. I don't know. You don't know any Backstreet Boys? I, no. I know you're in NSYNC. Dude, Justin Timberlake. He doesn't look like Justin I don't Timberlake. Know, I don't know any other Backstreet Boy. Uh, he looks like one of them. Uh, a Backstreet Boy, the the hot friend Nikki, uh, Alexandria, and her boyfriend just decide to take off and leave this Where idiot oh, sitting I, there. Your kitchen's sick. I'm going to cook for y'all. It'll be okay. Everything will be here when you get back. <laughs> Let me get the bags. <laughs> like, oh. So immediately this guy starts robbing the house. Oh, yeah. And then uh, does he go? To, he goes downstairs, right? He, yeah, he, well, he's he's just ransacked the whole fucking house. But he ends up finding and that. Uh, what's the, funny is he's grabbing all these huge silver candlestick holders and all this shit, and he's got a little bitty backpack. Yeah. It's like, what? Is, <laughs> I, the first thing I probably find is a bigger sack. You know, I find a bigger fucking bag. <laughs> Grab the big old fucking yeah. ma- uh, uh, comforter off the mattress. Jesus, I'd call a taxi first, <laughs> and then I'd ransack. I'd literally throw the silver into the. He's throwing like big old silver spittoons in God, his dude. backpack. It's like, dude, you're gonna get away with like three hundred bucks. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck? But he makes a complete mess of the whole fucking. Oh, place. dude, just trashes that beautiful house. It sucked. But then he finds that in the kitchen there's a a butler's yeah. closet or some shit they call it. Yeah, and that is where butler pantry. God, dude. And there's a uh, hallway lo- going down. Into the production the design of this is just. Gorgeous. Cool. The fucking yeah. house layout, everything was beautiful. That's what I'm saying. The the cinematography in this movie is very nice. Yeah, but because those overhead shots in the butler's pantry and stuff, like totally overhead. I love that they did the set design like that to shoot like that. That's a very unique fucking shit. Wow, this guy doesn't even have uh, <laughs> a fucking IMDb. No, he doesn't have shit, dude. His name's Anast- Anastas in Mikkels. And you, Good luck. Yeah, no shit. Well, you got to imagine. I mean, this guy's shooting the cinematography, and they're also using 3D cameras. I don't think there's a big fucking window for, like, this kind of work for people these days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a good cinematographer, and you utilize 3D. If you're coming into a film, and basically your whole utilization is just doing 3D. You know, but that's the one thing that that I kind of can compliment. I remember the 3D in this movie actually looking pretty damn good in depth. theater. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, now without the 3D bullshit, and you're watching it at home. Whenever they throw the chainsaw at your face or whatever, it's clearly fake. And CG it looks terrible. Yeah. But eh, that's how I rewatched this. Right. When I was getting ready for this, I went ahead and slapped on the the Sony VR and watched it. Really? Blu-ray uh, 3D. You did? I had to because I was like, I, I don't think I'd ever seen it in 3D and like, God, since it was in theater. I would have loved to visit your house. You just, you're sitting there just sitting there with a damn fucking <laughs> VR headset on, my headphones on. I was just like, just enjoyed the fuck out of that movie that morning. And uh, yeah, that's how I enjoyed it because I got to see it in 3D and it was just like a really, you know, small experience. Yeah. So, I mean, he finds his way down to the pit and, you know, thinks there's something big behind this big oh, metal door. Yeah. 
Yeah, it starts kicking the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's back there now. It's going to be behind the door. <laughs> Whatever I need is going to be behind door three. <laughs> I want to kick it hard. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, so I mean, he kicks the door and... I love it. They, Bink. I love that he's like looking for a flathead screwdriver or some shit. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like when he's like, God damn, when he gets brained. Yeah, he gets right, brained first, upside the... <laughs> all right, we talked very much about Andrew Bresky from the fucking mm-hmm. earlier prequels. Now, this motherfucker, uh, Dan Yeager, mm. is six foot fucking five, six foot six. He's the tallest fucking leather face six, six. out damn. of this fucking series. And when this motherfucker's standing there and you see this giant, this guy is a fucking giant, dude. I'm going to ding him a little bit. Why is that? He didn't look that big in this. No. No, dude. When he was, they, like, they didn't utilize up angles or whatever for him because I always thought he looked kind of average. Okay, I thought when they do that scene later on, like near the fucking end, and he's just walking with the saw, and you see the saw in kind of you know like to his size, it looked like a fucking toy in his yeah, hand. Yeah, I guess because yeah. he was just like a fuck, dude. Like this guy was a huge motherfucker. So when he has like a two foot blade on a fucking saw. You're like, that's that's like. It looked like he was carrying Just a toy. Reach out and God, grab this, him. This guy was a monster. But when he gets this kid, uh, Daryl, in the fucking in that cellar, and he's just braining him in the fucking face with a hammer, that was sick. Guy needs to be brained, dude. And it was cool because uh, all the special effects are done by Nicotero and Berger or Berger, who uh, you know are just great. Fucking if you that's like creme de la creme when you got. Yeah, I wasn't stoked on this mask. I didn't like the mask. You didn't like the feel of it. Yeah. I didn't like the look of it. It had age on it for some reason. He yeah. had like big weird eye holes and shit on yeah, this one. I didn't. I don't. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. It it was too, like too like brownish for me. It's like I think we got didn't look right. We got spoiled with the way the prequels look because the prequels mask just had like a, yeah those were great. Those are real grotesque. Looked like angry. stretched nasty skin. Yeah, that's what I don't understand about this movie. Okay, why why would you do with Platinum Dunes? Remake, highly successful. It's prequel, very very successful. I mean, it didn't bomb. It made its money back and then some. And then you just totally revamp it and forget everything else and go to the original seventy four to sequel off that. I don't get why they. The producer, executive producer, had he wanted to do a Saw thing for this. He had eight sequels in mind, and it was going to be a Hatfield McCoy blood hunt thing where they went back and forth between the Hartmans. And the Sawyers. I guess, but why don't you just do the hardest these and the Sawyers? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. It was going to be a land grab situation because as we get into the Burt Hartman, Ugh. you get met by this character that, I mean, totally throwaway cop character. It was just like some eye candy for the chicks, you know? But yeah. he ended up being played by Scott Eastwood, who lo and hold, you know, has... Ties to. I Mr. thought that was Jason David Frank. <laughs> like, <laughs> Clint Eastwood's son. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he would come out and like uh, with Brad Pitt wow, and like see Fury that. and stuff later. But yeah, this is one of his. I think huh. his his film debut or something like that. But yeah, what a debut. Yeah, coming to such a throwaway character. Yeah, but it, he was supposed to play like an open ended kind of like a further along for the Hartman saga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, he wasn't. He was forgettable as fuck. His role was stupid as shit. God damn. Like, it, it played, you know, it played to what it needed to play to. You know, he, nobody knew he was Bert's son. 
except Ham and Bert, you yep. know, obviously. Heather didn't know. So, you know, like when the torment and all this shit happens, they meet and he, she finds him real cute and sympathetic, only to find out, you know, I'm kidnapping you and taking you out, yeah. out of town to and then my after, dad. And after she reads all that file, then she becomes like this, you know, ride or die Sawyer. Yeah, what She's the like, fuck? I, I'm going to embrace my craziness because my... T- so- tomorrow, if I found out I was related to Jesse James, am I going to go rob a fucking bank? Yeah. No. Yeah, you are. No, I don't yeah. give a fuck. Oh, you found out your fucking family is a cannibalistic fucking murderer. I like, might. Oh, I'm going I'm <laughs> to be a... I guess I'm a cannibal. It's like, I guess I'm going to be a psycho. I'm a Sawyer for life, yo. <laughs> I just found out 13 minutes ago. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know. But... That shit doesn't play out, and neither does the whole fucking uh, Nikki chick grabbing her boyfriend's dick and then later trying to fuck. Or she does fuck, fuck him. Yeah. The, yeah, fucks him in the barn. You gotta come out here and see this. What is it? Boom. Fuck. Nice panties. Yes. I salute you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. Ne- I'd be like. You think you're hotter than my chick? Like hell no. You, you always upgrade. You never downgrade. That's a downgrade. Alexander Diadario? No. No. There's no trade that fucking... That's a Bentley. This chick's a fucking... A Yugo. <laughs> I don't know. She's got nice legs and nice lower half. There was Her a, face is dick. There was just a nice playing field to be had. Yeah, no. 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 That blue-eyed devil. I'd Bo Jackson, man. I'd be playing football and baseball. <laughs> Like, shit, I'm good at two sports, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you ladies line up for a menage a trois? You're going to be helped out in the barn. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to help you out in the house. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> so, okay, let's... Uh, how, wait, uh, what do we at 40 minutes. All right, let's, uh, let's say this. Um... There's a lot of stupid... I don't want to go through this whole movie, but there's... The carnival some, scene. Yeah, that's right, really what I, like, I want to talk about. Let's get to that, because I we've really already escalated everything where it's like, you know, Leatherface has already killed Kenny, which is just really... Forgettable. Yeah. And then uh, it's really... Like, the only people fucking Leatherface kills in this movie... Well, he killed the black dude and turned their the car hitchhiker. over. <laughs> they a, hit the a, fucking security gate going 90 in a Volkswagen skadow. van. Like... Yeah, <sighs> such stupid shit. But in no, this when movie. when she sees Kenny get killed, and the fucking Kenny. seller when he gets fucking sold in half, yeah. that was pretty dope. That I wish a, they would have said, "Oh my god, you killed Kenny." That would have been awesome. <laughs> would have been great. Oh my god, they killed Kenny! You bastard! <laughs> but yeah, she takes off. Where does she go hide? She runs into a carnival. No, no, no. She hides in the fucking coffin. Oh, God. Because remember, it's all, I don't know. It's, it's freshly dug up. Yeah. So you know. That's where I go hide, what, though. I go hide inside the graveyard coffin. Yeah, why? Here he sees you in the fucking graveyard, and you go hide in. In plain sight, really. Yes, I'm two feet underground in this box, <laughs> but nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever suspect. Why is this grave uncovered anyways? Like, that should have been your original thought. Like, she finds a body upstairs, remember? Yeah. Uh, well, who do you think took that body out? Dear. Dear. It must have been the guy from Shreveport. Then she pour- What's <laughs> funny is that Leatherface poured the dead lady a drink because there's like fresh drink. I don't know. Like, here's some lemonade, Grandma. Well, I mean, like a grandpa and grandma. From True. Here. You're right. They just stuff their dead. Sorry. But then, like you said, like he cuts the fucking wheel, the van. Yeah. I mean, look, 
Diadario, this lady, she trips over anything that is higher than four inches off the ground. She eats shit off the fa- the the steps to the house. Whoops, a daisy. Then she's running the graveyard, and literally, you remember those little wire the little arches? Wire <laughs> like you keep your dachshund in the yard with. <laughs> she eats shit over it. Whoops, a daisy. I mean, she. Just trips on fucking anything that's around this her. This is why you don't wear like the skinniest of skinny jeans. This you know? is why, like, like, you put Skittles down, she, she <laughs> slip on it. You know what I mean? Like, she slips on everything. So, yeah, <laughs> she, her, she, her and her friends try to escape. Leatherface turns over the van, gets two of them, but she runs to a fucking carnival. This is the most ridiculous 10 minutes of my fucking life. Yeah. I fucking hate this scene. I hate the entire fucking, okay. Like there's a like a fun house where people are scaring people, and then all of a sudden, raw raw Leatherface is walking through the carnival. People are running. Everybody's panicked. Cops see him. Fucking run up on him. What does Alexandria Diodario do? Anyone? Anyone? Did she run? Anyone for like a, a did ride? She, did she run? Run to the cops? Yeah. Did did she, did she hide behind? You know, uh, uh, grab, anywhere? Grab like the biggest man she could find. And be like, this motherfucker's trying to kill me. Anybody? Any, anyone? Anyone? She grabs the ledge of a Ferris wheel. What? Where do you think you're going to end up in a big circle? <laughs> this is just priceless. You can't write shit. Oh, wait, no. Uh, there's three fucking writers wrote this shit. You're not going to amount to Jack Squat. How in the fuck? What is your logic at like, that moment? I would, I would have accepted the mirror room drag. right i would you know i would have left to that the fucking know? bumper cars is a better idea yeah <laughs> like if she would have jumped into like the ball pit and tried to like anything you don't go on something that's gonna put you right back at point a i'm gonna come back down that's what we call a full circle and this is the other thing with with leatherface all right he's he's dead set at catching this girl because the last time a girl got away he lost his whole family. Uh, All right. You just expose yourself to maybe 70 fucking people. That's probably it. more than that. It was yeah. a packed carnival. So you, you just, you were threatened of exposing the family when one girl got away. But here you are chainsawing, loud fucking killing, massacring people, revealing yourself after 39 goddamn years of being hidden. Mm-hmm. And you just, yeah. Yeah. So the cop runs up as. Alexandra Diodario is coming on the back downside of the, the, the Ferris wheel. Um, and he goes, freeze! And Leatherface throws his chainsaw at him and then just like hobbles away. And the cop didn't shoot at him. What the fuck kind Dude, of cops? I didn't load that You're in the middle of a carnival. He's like, yeah, I'm not here. <laughs> Disappear. <laughs> it was literally his Mortal Kombat move. <laughs> Sub Zero. <laughs> I threw my chainsaw. Now I run away. <laughs> Fatality. Miss. Fail. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it, it, uh, lo and behold, she goes to the cop station, finds out all this Sawyer shit, and then uh, the cop she had a crush on takes her out of town. Oh, yeah. We'll take her to the. Take her to the old slaughterhouse, son. Uh, that's my dad. <laughs> Your dad's a heartman. And what did she say in the back of the cop car? You're a Hartman? I'm a Thoyer. <laughs> she is hiding a knife. She tries to stab it through bulletproof glass hole. It's like a five-inch knife. It ain't going to reach him. Why wouldn't you conceal that knife? 
for when he stops the car and comes to get you out. You think you might use it fucking then, right? Utilize it correctly. <sighs> what were you going to do? Scratch his face? Cut his face? Ooh, you cut his face. It's like, oh, I'm going to yeah, stick I'm it through a, that hole. I'm a Thoyer. I'm a Thoyer. Uh, no, fuck this. Diane Sawyer. <laughs> You're a fucking retard. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, he chains her up in the in the best position possible. Well, what's funny is, like, he gives her a shirt at the police station, and she decides to put just one, one button. button. Even Sammy brought that up. God, you and my wife are on the same wavelength. <laughs> like, damn, she's got one button for this, like, shirt that she magically fit into. All right, sorry. It's just all... But then they break that button. But you see her later... And these... Things are glued Dude, to her tits, and but later you see her in, when he's great when he's dragging her to go tie her up. Mm. She's wearing like a black bra, yeah. And well, then when she gets tied up, it's like just she had no nudity nudity clause uh, until a couple years ago. And oh my it was in True Detective, yeah, they, well, yeah. They, they had oh, to, fucking they nudity. said they had to pay money. I would imagine, but what, man, what a body. But yeah, well, they, they, <laughs> I think, no, like in the commentary, they, they she was supposed to do the scene completely topless. Yeah, and she was like, like you just said, all the no nudity claws yeah. on the crap like that. But it was her that said, "I'll do it like this," and they were like, "Okay, dude, look, she's uh, the middle of her shirt's open, you know, beautiful cleavage, beautiful cleavage yeah. flopping all over. The, she is like swinging back and forth, and these." Sides of the shirt are not budging. Yeah, They're like, like glued onto her bed. Like, There's one scene where she goes, you know, she shimmies her shoulders. She's duct taped. She's you clear, like, like you would see my breasts. It's like all day. Look at that. But Jesus <laughs> Christ. like the shirt stays with them. I'm just like, man, didn't play that right. But then Leatherface shows up and he. Has the saw going. It's like they needed her to show that so he could see the the, yeah. the Sawyer birthmark. Yeah. And he points to it. It doesn't it's doesn't look like an S. It All looks right. like two lines. Here's the shit you don't you don't learn this until like the very end when she finally reads the fucking leather letter that she gets from Verna. Mm -hmm. But her name is Heather, right? Mm -hmm. Heather and Leather. But her actual name is Edith Rose Sawyer. Yeah. All right, so Leatherface has been told about his cousin mm -hmm. that he knows as Edith Rose. Mm -hmm. She goes, it's me, Heather. Exactly. I was like, what? He doesn't know Heather. Yeah. If, if it wasn't for the acid, I guess. I don't know. It was just. Welcome to the realm of terrible script writing. And, and then she calls him cousin, right? Cousin? Okay, well, she's like, you know. Uh... Do your thing, cousin. <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> you think us? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> All right. <laughs> if this was Drayton's brother and Drayton's wife, daughter, you know Drayton's daughter, Jedediah would be her uncle. Yeah, not her cousin. But with the I don't think that chick in the beings. Drayton's wife. He's one of the Sawyers. I, he's Verna's. It's Verna's daughter, right? Yeah. She's buried next to her daughter in yeah. the graveyard. So with Verna being her daughter, her grandma being Verna, and her mom being yeah. But uh, Verna wasn't Drayton's. That was mother. But, but Drayton was kind of like either like Verna either slept with Drayton. No. That well, it was her son, right? No. Yeah. No. They're brother and sister. Verna and Drayton. Drayton. Yeah, I don't think so. I think there's because 
because the grandma and grandpa are up, you know, upstairs. In Leatherface 2017, her sons are Drayton, Nubbins, yeah. and Jedediah. Which they left out. Yeah. Top top. Yeah, totally. No. Because we don't know about the twin. Yeah. But yeah, I you know the the bloodline to this shit's all confusing. Right, yeah, I get it. I mean I get well, I, don't, I, I don't think I don't think it's Drayton's wife. I think she came with the rest of the family. Well, it, you know, it would like, be even weirder if it was Drayton's wife because it would be like Yeah, it would be your it would uncle. Be, yeah, it'd be like he's sleeping with his sister to have a kid. Which is yeah. just not without you know it, everything's well. Weird. Leatherface fucked mama for a daughter. Yeah, so I guess uncle, cousin, whatever. <laughs> Shit, we need Maury to figure this out for you us. You are dude. not the father. <laughs> Old Steve Wilkos, you raped your <laughs> daughter. <laughs> you had sex with your mother. God, so I mean, it just takes you back to like you know those little things where we have to like humanize the characters, like and um. Jamie and and Michael and and Halloween four, yeah. Like, but then Uncle. you get Halloween six, yeah. And then you're like, where the fuck are we now? He's like, okay, you. Now you're trying. To... <sighs> I'm gonna fuck my niece to get a pure blood. Yeah, it's like I. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Oh, that's another. Fucking... But yeah, I mean, so th- they have her tied up. Leatherface recognizes her. From it's me, her I'm Heather. It's Heather. And then, uh, Bert and. His buddy beat the dog piss out of leather. Just crowbar face. the shit out of him. They tie him to a mechanism that's for tying cows into a grinder. No, that was awesome. And Man, Heather like, ends up stabbing one of the dudes. Has no problem with murder. No, yeah, no. She was all like, "Pitchfork the fuck out of the guy." She was all sympathetic it. towards murder early, but now she's a Sawyer, and yeah. she knows she's a Sawyer. She's, she's, she's a, re- re- she, getting revenge for her mother. She ate his meat. That's awesome. And then the, meat. <laughs> the main sheriff, uh, Mr. Hooper. <laughs> nice. This guy comes out of nowhere and he's got a gun. He's pointed, telling Leatherface to drop it. She yells, Don't shoot him. And he has sympathy for him. Clean, this movie, what it tries to do clean is this have, shit up. <laughs> have sympathy for the Sawyers. That's what it's trying to have you believe. But let's not forget this is a cannibalistic family that murdered a bunch of fucking yeah. people that fucking just happened to drive to the, the house next door. Yeah, it's like, oh, if you come to my house, I have full permission to kill you and eat you. Uh, if you're At the beginning of the movie, he is there at Sawyer's residence to bring Jed and the Sawyers down because they fucking butchered these people. Yeah. So by the end of the movie, 39 years later, a different opinion. Don't worry about it. Clean this shit up. I know what Bert did was wrong. Eye for an eye, Bert. Uh, you can't get around good book. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Final thoughts. We got to get on with this other yeah, one. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. Uh, you know what? This film, you can buy it on Amazon for nine ninety nine. So this is definitely buy for me. The only reason I say that is because I had no earthly realm. I didn't know. This thing is so packed with some very genuinely great fucking special features. You have three commentaries. Uh, one's the director, and then there's another one where it's uh, Tobe Hooper. Mm-hmm. So Tobe Hooper's talking about, you know, this film. And he gives you a wealth of information of the, about the original, about his feelings of Texas Chainsaw. He talks about being uh, at a dentist, and the dentist said that he made a fucking... Uh, when the dentist was going to school, he made a, a mask 
out of a cadaver's face, and he wore it to Halloween. His dentist told him that when he was Jesus a kid. Christ. So Toby Hooper's just giving his wealth of fucking fun stories throughout this commentary, and you're watching a shitty movie, of course, or you know, not the not the greatest movie, but it's awesome. And then there's a third commentary. It's Gunnar Hansen, it's uh, Marilyn uh, Burns, yeah. and it's Bill Mosley on a whole nother commentary, and they're just talking about what happened in the 74 film and how they feel about this in the movie, how they felt about doing that. So you're getting all this wealth about Texas Chainsaw 2. You're getting all this wealth of knowledge about Texas Chainsaw 1. I mean, Marilyn talks about the dogs burning and stuff at the dinner scene. I mean, there's such an awesome, amazing stuff in the commentaries. And then you go behind the uh, the behind-the-scenes uh, featurettes, and it's just loaded with behind-the-scene featurettes of, like, how they made it, how they shot this, how they shot the van sequence, and this very... It's, it's awesome. It's interesting for people that like filmmaking and stuff. It's really cool. But we're not grading on special features. No, we're you not. You gotta grade it by a movie. I know. By a movie, it's not the best. It is like, I would say, barely a two out of four stars, maybe one and a half. Was it a rent? It's... A, I wouldn't... <laughs> it, honestly, as a 2D, 3D fucking... It, I can only see it as that Blu-ray package. As, sit, as, a, as a sit-down film, it's not great. No. It's like... It's not fun. I didn't find it like there was nothing that was like Texas Chainsaw Three was fun. Two is fun. One is fun. There's there's a movie in those films. Mm. This one didn't really feel like it had. It felt soap opera regurgitated. That's yeah. all. It, that's all it felt like. It just the characters weren't super strong. Um, but I, the thing that it has going for it though is the acting's not great, but the, it looks great. The film looks great. The special, the sound, the music was good. The sound effects were fucking booming, and all you know, you hear the clips were playing. They're great sound design. I mean, everything about this film is solid mm-hmm. to be like a good, you know, film. But yeah, the with the screenplay and the script kind of lacking, and the the actors not pulling their weight the way they should, and you know, it it didn't really have much to say. But it's a definite buy for me for the price of it and the wealth of Texas Chainsaw knowledge that's on this fucking Blu-ray. It's a total fucking buy for me. <sighs> yeah. You didn't see it. <laughs> I did I, not see that I coming. know, I know. And I didn't see it coming either because I sat there for like another hour, hour and a half just going through all these special features. Jesus Christ. That is an absolute avoid. I, uh, I, I don't know why this series goes so awry. They have good ideas. They have good shit happening one two and three good fucking solid movies four garbage then you get these remakes to try to make up for the poor excuse that part four was that killed the franchise for 10 years they do it bam success the remake re uh the 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 beginning yeah the beginning the prequel they were both fucking the the remake was very well recepted high market good intake of money the, the prequel, not the greatest of reception, still a good movie, got a lot of, of money. Why do they always change it? Why do they fuck with a formula? Instead of continuing with the Hewitts, with the Hewitts, oh no, we're going to go back to the Sawyers, we're going to go back to the beginning, back to the original 74 one, and we're going to sequel directly off that. And set you up for now, present day. And Yeah, I mean, why? Why are you doing why you had something that was working so think about it like so what you could have done is instead of the you know at the prequel you could have went a couple years later just told another fucking story because leatherface the hewitt one had if you want to introduce a bloodline war why wouldn't you just go off the hewitt and fucking but whoever the fuck but didn't he have like an arm taken off 
Yeah, but that was in the the remake. I'm saying from the prequel because it's ten years earlier. So follow along. It's like six years earlier. If you wanted to follow more Hewitt Bloodline, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, there was a there's formulas at work, and then you get these idiots that come in and they fucking change that formula. The movie flops, and they go, "What happened? Okay. This is what happened." You get a fucking piss poor script. You get three fucking writers that look. Adam Marcus is one of the writers. Yeah. What has he done? Mm. Friday Thirteenth. Jason goes to hell. Really? That was Adam Marcus. Jeez Louise. He's the director. He's John Cunningham's buddy's boy's friend growing up. Boy, his son's friend <laughs> growing up. Boy's son going to college. Favorite uncle. Uh, favorite guy over there. Made a shadow. <laughs> yes, here's you. There's me. Here's you. <laughs> Sorry for all the Matt Foley impressions. Um. Yeah, and no, no. I, I, uh, I own plenty of documentaries about the originals. I mean, that would be cool to watch what you get, but I'm not paying 10 bucks for a fucking documentary. Yeah. Now I never will. Uh, especially, not a documentary, a commentary? Yeah. Yeah. I, no, no. Um, I'm sorry. I can't get behind this, ladies and gentlemen. There's too many fuck-ups throughout this film. Way too many account. A Ferris wheel. Keep that in mind. To escape, she grabs onto a Ferris wheel. Jeez Louise, that's awesome. Smart. <laughs> She's definitely a Sawyer. They got a 25-year-old playing a 41-year-old. Um, and if you do the math, how old would fucking Leatherface be? Dude, he'd be like, okay, let's say he was probably in his 20s, 30s. No, because keep in mind, Drayton's like, in this next movie, Drayton's like, what, 1920 when Leatherface was like, and yeah. yeah, eight or ten. So Drayton's clearly fifty and seventy-four. So you flash forward. Man, Drayton would be like 70, 80, and then fucking Leatherface would be like no, he would be 50, 60 almost. No, Leatherface would be in his late sixties. Jesus. Probably even his seventies. Because you figure if he's only ten years older and Drayton's let's say he's fifty right on the button. Yeah. That would mean Leatherface is 40 in 1974. 40 years later, he would be 80 fucking years old. Yeah. So let's see. 40 years would be, uh, yeah, he would be 79 years old. Because when, the, when they talk about him, like, let's give him the boy, I always think maybe he's in his, like, 20s. Yeah. But Even the, 30s, maybe but early 30s. The, you know, Leatherface is a prequel to this movie. Yeah. Which... May shock a lot of people if you've seen this next movie we're going to talk about. So anyway, so here we are. Leatherface 2017 came out October, October 27th or yeah, 19th. Something like that because yeah. it was a weird release thing. They did a they did first they released it strictly only on DirecTV because they, they're the ones that secured the rights. And with this coming out, it had the uh, the French directors, uh, Julian Maury and Alexandre Bostillo, or uh, they're French directors. They did Inside. I mean, great French directors. I mean, they did uh, Divide or David, or I don't know how you say it. But uh, yeah, they've done great French horror films. Like, they are very, very talented people. And with them going to this, it was kind of weird because when we started reading about it, it was uh, the synopsis was briefly um, like a road trip film. You know, these people escape from a sane asylum and you're like, how's this tying into Leatherface? You know, it's kind of like, what the fuck is going to go on here? But uh, box office, it only hit like 792,000 in box office. So you can see how limited the release Yikes. was. Um, 
Uh, like Nate said, it came out in October 20th, 2017. And just to get right into it, the main people in this are going to be Stephen Dorff and Lily Taylor from The Conjuring. Ugh, I don't like her. You don't like her? No, I mean, I'm I'm scarred by her from uh, The Haunting. haunting. <laughs> oh, God. Liam Neeson was killing it in that movie. God, Even so fucking... Owen Will- Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what's going on? And Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. And that. It had a good crew. It had beautiful cinematography, but man, she fucked that movie up. I am supposed to be here. The children. They don't want me to leave. They need me. They need me. I was always the caretaker. Just shut down and get the fuck off the screen. God. And this... Uh, if we got into the hunting, we'll just be talking about, like... 20 minutes just about did set design. Did we review that? No. We haven't reviewed The Conjuring? No. Yeah, we did the no, James Wan series. Yeah. No, I was, I was thinking about more of The Haunting. Yeah, when we did our James Wan retrospective, we talked about, we, we talked about it. Lily Taylor was great in The Conjuring. Yeah, she was. That was the the role she was just meant to fucking... But it's like it's like her and Janine Garofalo. <laughs> I just can't... <laughs> I, can't <laughs> I can't... I don't like them. I don't, there's something about them I just don't I like, like. I like Lily Taylor. And some projects, like yeah, she did. Like she was good in Conjuring. I think she did Dogfight with um, uh, River Phoenix back in the day. It was a good film. Mm. But yeah, I, this was just Angela Bettis was originally signed on to do uh, this role of uh, uh, Verna Sawyer, and Angela Bettis, you'd know from uh, May. She was great in May. She also did the TV movie adaptation of uh, Carrie. But uh, she's a she's a great actress. I'd love to see her more. She directs and acts. Who? Uh, Angela Bettis. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I always think of Lily Taylor and Ransom. Oh God, I love Ransom. You know Billy Corgan did the score for that. Yeah, that's awesome. You know Billy Corgan owns a wrestling. Oh yeah, uh, he's, federation. He's like a of president of like, yeah, one yeah. of those. <laughs> he's Ransom. an odd guy. I just listened to a podcast with well, him. He was like a was he was an uh, announcer for baseball too for a while there. Yeah. Too. Yeah, I was like, cool. He's like, you know what? Everybody wants me to play this goth role that I'm not, and I'm just not gonna fucking do it. He's a real person, and he has cool. Yeah, I was like, cool, dude. He's like, I don't really follow wrestling, but I watched it all the time with my grandpa, so I offered it and I bought it. I was like, like, you're fucking cool, bro. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, um, yeah, there's there's uh, some actors that I was hoping would do some shit in this, and uh, the first thing that took me by surprise is the intro. When you get all the opening of, like, you see young Drayton, who looks very close to what Matthew McConaughey's Vilmer kind of looked like, which kind of threw me back. I was like, oh, man, like, it was, I don't know if it was done for purpose or not, but the way they casted Drayton, and then you see Nubbins there with the little fucking old Civil War hat and stuff with the mm-hmm. birthmark. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. But Jedediah is played, like, you don't see this kid who's supposed to be special or slow or any of that shit. Very none, normal. None of that is just, none of that's shown right now. Because they're trying to force him to kill this um, guy that stole a pig or some shit off their farm. Yeah, that was what it was all about. They're having a birthday party for the Jedediah. For Jedediah and they got this dude tied up and bleeding right next to the birthday cake. And then when they go to cut the birthday cake, they're like, no, no, we we feed the guests first. Then thieving motherfucker that he is and he's just like i didn't take your pig it's like jesus at your fucking kid's birthday i know it's like not even tony soprano had balls enough to do that and then you have grandpa there too just giggling away (laughs) (laughs) come on jedi kill that boy god dang but she gives him the present of the chainsaw and they try to get him to to kill and if you go back to like the 74 drayton 
you know, what, what was one of the main lines that Jim says is like, I don't, I don't really care much for the killing. Yeah. But he was very dead set yeah, on it when he, he was, was down for it in this movie. Dude, he was just, the, he was the craziest motherfucker out of them all. He's just cold hearted killer in this fucking shit. Yeah, it was, uh, they played, they played the whole timeline really fucking loose in this shit. Yeah, and this is where you find out how Verna became a Carson and how it kind of ties into the the last one. You know, yeah. She's Verna Sawyer. Well, and then also, obviously, I don't know if this is Bert's grandpa or what, because Stephen Dorff is a Hartman. Oh, fuck. I didn't even realize yeah, that. They go, they go, Hartman. Like, they, they don't call him Sheriff. They would call him Hartman. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, crap. Like, Stephen Dorff. So when his daughter... Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. that totally. That's it. Me. It just totally starts setting the groundwork between the Hartmans and the Sawyers now. Mm. I hope they don't continue this. I, I doubt they will. I mean, with seven hundred ninety-two thousand dollars. Well, I mean, it only got released in direct less TV. than a thousand screens or yeah. something like that. Like it was very small. And I don't even see this thing on DVD or Blu-ray yet. Like I haven't seen it. No I an official release where I've I've seen it. You know, on shelves or anything like that. No, I mean, I don't think they did it. I mean, I think they did it in the uh, digital format. I think yeah. you can find it on Vudu and Google Play and Amazon Prime, but... Beyond that. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. And with the reviews I got, it ain't going to go nowhere. Yeah, I mean, because, again, you have a film that looks great. It looks good. I mean, that barn scene, when the when the boys ducked over with the, the pig getup and stuff like that, I mean, they lead all these things to set up a story. Because Stephen Dorff's like, you took one of mine, I'm taking all your kids. And then he kind of sends Jedediah to the Gorman house where he's going to be locked up into like foster care and like this children's home shit. And then that's where the story takes off because you're following through this nurse first day working at the Gorman, you know, uh, sanitarium for kids or, you know, like a, you know, children's mental hospital is pretty much what it is. But it's all these juvenile delinquents and you're introduced to all these characters. And right off the bat, you meet. Bud, and it's just this big fucking kid, man. Like this motherfucker looks like he's, he's Bubba. You know, he's Junior. He's he looks like, yeah. They played it the whole time that way. Yeah, and he's quiet. He never talks. Yeah, and so you're like, okay. The nurse takes a little shine to him. It's kind of you know nice. She humanizes with these. Well, kids. she takes shine to. Well, Jedediah is now called Jackson. Yeah, because when they take you into this mental ward or children's holding place they change your name and everything so yeah he's jackson he doesn't remember who he is bubba doesn't know who he is even though his name's still bud yeah <laughs> but jackson's really like he'll the closest thing he has to family is bud so he's very protective mm -hmm. of bud and then he had this really fucked up kid the fucking asshole, I don't know, Shane or some shit like that. Yeah, those, the him and his girlfriend, I was like, Jesus, these guys are way worse than anything the Sawyers are doing. But this is the thing, with these two, the girl and that guy, it's pretty much Natural Born Killers, Mickey and Mallory. Yeah, exactly. Because it, that's just like the relationship they have, kind of like throughout the film. Yeah, Not as smart, obviously. No, these guys are just bloodthirsty. And there's a scene in particular that I'm... Just weirded the fuck out. Oh by. God! Um, but with the nurse being there, sympathizing with Bud, mm -hmm. you kind of create that tension real fucking fast. With the, uh, and then the mouse scene in the bathroom where that that one fucked up chick's trying to put the mouse and that girl's fuck. I don't know. It's just the the Gorman house just takes off real fast of being like the fucked up place you don't ever want to work. It doesn't last. Like they tell the nurse, well, the doctor has like a torture room or whatever, and yeah. the nurse's like, what the fuck and. It's where they administer electroshock and shit like that. But, like, yeah, this Gorman shit happens so fucking fast. 
Like, it's like we get introduced. They're there. Uh, they meet the nurse. They see this electric, uh, uh, electrolysis room. And then a ride, and everybody breaks out. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. So we're talking like, what, maybe 15 minutes of the movie? Barely, yeah. And it's like, you should have shown more abuse throughout there. That way you know why these kids are fucking screwed. Because Mickey and Mallory are like, they get a car, and they're like, oh, hey, Jackson's got a fucking hostage. Bring her along. But we'll throw Jackson and the hostage chick in the trunk. And, hey, bud, I owe you one. Get in the fucking car. Yeah. And then from there on, it's like. They go to a diner, just like Mickey and Mallory. And you get the big diner. Does the cop have a gun? Like, yes, he has a gun. We're going we're gonna to do something. I'm like, God. It's just... Yeah, they can't pay for their meal, so they grab the cop's gun and shoot everybody in the fucking restaurant. Bud gets shot yep. in, in the melee, uh, like in his fat role, but he's fine. This kid's fat. <laughs> this kid is huge. He's a big chunker. And then he's all pissed off because like, the one car they steal like had no gas in it. Yeah, and then they break down this next to this trailer which this is the scene that i'm just like what the fuck uh the mickey and mallory character uh whoever was in this trailer previously hung themselves they they have like a just decrepit jelly they yeah were it's like a fucking... jelly corpse like it's gross they have a threesome with it yeah it looks like totally necromantic and so yeah like the dude's doggy style in her and she's making out with this dead corpse and stroking it and the whole nine yards. Licking its like, fucking mouth. What the fuck? And this thing is like... When she's, <laughs> like it's when she's, gel. When she's like riding him, though, she's like all fucking burned and shit. Yeah, she's all scarred the fuck up. Yeah. They, like, there's no backstory to them. So it's like, what, what are these scars? And you figure you're going to learn it. Never happens. Mm. You never find out why this guy's such a piece of shit. You, you, like, they, they don't do any evolution of the characters yeah. at all. It's hard to talk about this movie. I've seen it three times. I just watched it yesterday, but without any, it's nonsensical. It's like it just doesn't. It's just scenes to annoy you or creep you out or yeah. whatever. But it doesn't work because you don't know why the drive is there. You don't know why they're doing this. You don't know what. You don't know the who, what, why. Yeah, because you're they're so fucking they're so hooked into you that you're they're gonna do this twist because you think it's Bud. Bud's Jedediah. Yeah. Bud's the Sawyer. Yeah. Because they do, uh, you know, Bud's like, he's, he's shot. huge. And he's, he's doing like the whole, I'm a, I'm going to, you know, be the sentry outside and mm-hmm. watch over the trailer where everybody sleeps. And then the girl runs away and then she gets caught and they do this big battle in the fucking woods. But then Bud gets that one Mickey guy mm-hmm. and he stomps they, his face. Yeah, in. they do the whole American History X bite the curb shit. Yeah. And then he falls asleep next to the dead body. So you're like, okay, this is definitely, this is definitely, you know, Jedediah. This is Jedediah Sawyer. And then the cops show up and they take Mallory and they blow her away because she talks shit about Hartman's daughter. daughter. Yeah. And, you know, and what's funny, too, is that the sheriff's deputy Finn Jones from Iron Fist. I know. He's terrible in this. He's terrible too. in this, too. It's God. That guy can't act. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. I guess he was good in Once Upon a Time. And that was like all the street credit. It was an NBC show about Disney. Tales. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never watched it. Um. Yeah, I mean, and then they, she leads them to this trailer, and they use all their ammo shooting up this trailer for no reason. Um, and then you know, Jed, oh, they never. This is the dumbest fucking part. They, you never see a dog. This, yeah, never. never. And then, and then they start hearing a dog bark. This is comparable to the first wheel. Okay, they see a dead cow laying out in the field. They hear dogs coming. So what do they do? We don't know because the cops walk up on the cow. The dog's barking at the cow. They think, oh, it's a 
dead cow. The Decomposing dog's, yeah, dead, yeah. It's got the dog say, let's get away. They leave. All three of them fit inside this cow belly. What? And what's stupid is they cut their way out. What the fuck? How do you get How did you get in? They, they went through the ass? More importantly, Bubba is about th- three quarters, three quarters the size, size of this cow. They're not fitting in this cow. All three. Yeah, and, and Bud is like six foot tall. Jeez. I mean, he's a big, big, big dude. He's not fitting in that cow, no. especially with three other fucking individuals. So they totally do the Revenant fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I thought about. I was like, oh, man, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio on the Revenant. I thought of fucking Ace Ventura when oh, he's God, coming he's out the of the... <laughs> Oh, look, honey, the rhino. (laughs) (laughs) So the girl comes out first, obviously, and then Jackson comes out, and they're just covered in gore. Nasty, crusty, spongy blood. And then fucking Jackson's helping fucking blood get out, because, I mean, it looks like they're crawling out of a fucking hole. Yeah, it's ridiculous. God damn. And they find this little ravine, and they're cleaning themselves off, and from there, like, like Nate said, it's just scene after scene, then... The girl makes a brunt run for it because she doesn't be around these crazy Jackson and Bud because they've been there to save her ass every every week. step of the way, yeah. and all they want to do is find where they need to go. Yeah, that's it. They're not robbing banks. They're not killing people, but for some reason, the shock of hiding inside of a cow was enough like, to. I have to. Oh, there's a cop. I have to run away. Yeah. Why? Okay. We just showed you that the cop's crazy. Yeah, he just murdered a girl. What do you think they're gonna do to you? Yeah, they're gonna shake your hand and say thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? So yeah, they she runs up on the cop. I forget how the tangle ensues, but Bubba or Bud runs up on the cop, beats him down, and the cop blows his fucking head off. And, and you know, bam, right in the side of the temple. And you think I'm initially like, what the fuck? They just killed Leatherface. Yeah. And then Jackson comes up, kills the cop. The girl gets in the fuck. Yeah, he's beating the shit out of him with the fucking door. Yeah, and then she a- jumps in the car and she starts driving off. Well, he tells her to drive. Okay. He gets in the car with her and he's like, drive, because he hears the other cop sirens. And then he starts freaking out. like, you're just like everybody else. You lie. You lie. You, you, you got him killed. You got him killed. Steven Dorff does a one arm fucking. He's now in pursuit. <laughs> He's shooting. Like Dick Tracy, hanging out the damn car, shooting. This bullet fucking JFKs the fuck out of Jackson. It's amazing. How? It's amazing. I noticed, okay, the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, that's a magic bullet. There's, okay, yeah, it hits him right in the cheek. It shreds him like Joker across the left side of his mouth. Then the right side of his mouth. Gets blown out. Then his nose on both sides. He is like, what the fuck, dude? It made the Decepticons logo on his face. Like, <laughs> you got fucking Oswald, dude. God, it damn. was it, like one bullet. And it, you know, breaks his jaw and, you know, he's all fucked up, got, you know, no skin holding his jaw pretty much anymore. And they flip the car over. Now, uh, Sheriff Big Dick comes over, fucking takes him to the barn where they murdered his daughter. Yeah, the girl wakes up and she's in the backseat cuffed. Yeah. And then she's like trying to radio for help. And it's Finn Jones. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then he shows up to the Sawyers and he's asking uh, Mama for the payoff. And then Drayton kills him with no fucking. No. Yeah. Nothing. And then he gets fed to the fucking pigs half alive, like a la Hannibal. That's awesome. <laughs> that was pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, if there's any way you don't want to go, it's fucking like wild hogs eating you to fucking eating you while you're alive. No, that's. Jeez. That would. Getting gored like that? Dude, they can eat 
a bone. pound of uncooked flesh every minute. Jesus fuck. Yeah, fuck that. That'd be a, that'd be horrible. Yeah. You ever seen Snatch? Oh yeah. Always be wary of a man who has a pig farm. God, I love that shit. They will cut through bone like butter. <laughs> God, I love that film. Now, you have to pull out the teeth. You don't want to go sifting through shit, do you? <laughs> God, but, you know Guy Ritchie's lined up to fucking... He's making Aladdin live-action film. He's directing that. With Will Smith, I'm not interested. Yeah, Will Smith. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. We had that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Any. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Steven Dorff's got this big setup plan to get all the Sawyers in this fucking... He's got Jedediah right where they had his daughter. Yeah, he's going to do something, I would imagine. But he's like, Verna, you get down here, and you get over there, and Drayton, you stay there. And of course, you know, none of that's going to work. They fucking bap him upside the head. He's out. And then Verna stitches Jedediah's face all up and puts this weird, like, horse muzzle on him. She's like, now this is going to hurt. Yank! It's like, why would you do that? You just stitched him up. Yeah, like, you ripped the stitches. jaw together? I don't know. I don't know, to but the weight off the, the wound? now Jedediah Jackson, Jedediah, uh, he has gone insane. He's, yeah. He doesn't speak anymore. They and he just has this weird look on his face the whole time. Yeah, I was reading somewhere they said like the, the gunshot shredded his vocal cords. Wow. It hit both cheeks, both nostrils and across his face and his vocal cords. That's why he doesn't talk. Dude, that was a fucking, I need that bullet. Jesus. I need that bullet. I'd be like, I want to kill my boss. <laughs> boss, this boss. Might... Take everybody out. <laughs> take... Just one, one shot. One shot. I'd take out all my enemies. Like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, th- it's <laughs> ridiculous how, how this bullet damages him up. Um, so, yeah, the, he he gets out his chainsaw because the cop's on the couch. And in the beginning of the movie, he couldn't kill the pig thief. Yeah. You know, he dropped the chainsaw and couldn't do it. Now he does it. He gets through it. Um, and then the chick runs off, and they chase her. And the Stephen Dorff's kill scene, though, that was ridiculous because like he puts both hands up to kind of like I'm gonna stop the saw with my hands. <laughs> oh my fingers! Oh, the other hand. Ow, oh, my fucking hand! But then <laughs> the setup they had him on the couch. You could see his head was like the only thing, like er- you know, like everything else was prosthetic. Yeah, it it's just his head was like right there on the couch, and just to do that. I don't know. The way it was shot and everything, it was just, it didn't come off the way it could have, I no, guess. It I looked don't know. terrible. It looked bad. Yeah. But yeah, like he Very just clearly totally, a uh, prosthetic. the shit out of him. I'm like, ah. So yeah, then the, the nurse, keep in mind the nurse that has been Jackson's in love with the, the entire fucking movie. Yeah, he's had sympathy and. She runs off and. Ver- What's her name? Vera? Verna. Verna uh, tells him, remember. We're family or some shit. Like, don't believe outsiders. And this prompts everybody to go hunting for her. Yeah. So Drayton and Nubbins, they're all running through the... That's beautifully shot the night scene. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I like how they shot the, the light through the trees and shit. It yeah. was pretty cool. So Jed actually catches up to her, Jackson, whatever you want to call him. And she's pleading with him. Jackson, like, hey, it's me. Like, This isn't you. This, this isn't you. And he cuts her fucking head off. Oh, yeah, because she goes like... Uh, you're, it's your mom. She's fucking crazy. And like, that was it. Bah! It's like, I, I don't remember my mom. I just met her like five minutes ago. But Well, it's the Sawyer effect, like yeah. Heather. Uh, you know, in. I'm a lawyer. Just lops her head off. And I love that shot of just her head like staring off. Oh, yeah. Man. 
So his first mask that he makes is half Steven Dorf and the yeah. lower half of the lips and everything that was her. Yeah, but the top half was like Steven Dorf. Yeah, like, it was awesome, dude. Weird as shit. But yeah, it goes to the "It's Over" song, and yeah, I hate this last cut that they the do when he like turns real fast and they give you that last musical sting. Now this movie is directed by John Lusenhop, uh Tobe Hooper's last film, rest in peace, and fucking Kim Hinkle. And, uh, like, just about everybody who ever touched a Leatherface movie's got some say in this fucking movie, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, I guess, for final thoughts, yeah. um, I just... I, I find it dull. I mean, you know what? There's, there's a... There's a quality to the majority of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're going to have fun with the craziness. You're going to have fun with the madness. You're going to have fun with the overacting. But there's also this like fine line where, God damn, people are fucking this series up. Yeah, This movie is a fuck up. It could have, it could have had some fun, but it just, it didn't. It, it like the trailer threesome scene with the corpse. It was supposed to go for shocking, but it just came off as stupid. Like what? Why are they doing this? Why is she fucking stroking on a dead guy and making out with a jelly corpse? Like yeah. makes no fucking sense. Some backstory and character development would have played a, a would have been nice, but they didn't do that at all with anybody. Not even the Sawyers. Why is Verna this way? In the beginning of the movie, she's murderous. Like, you know, this pig farmer stole from us. We're going to fucking tape him up at my kid's birthday and kill him. And that's going to be his birthday present. You kill him. Yeah. The chainsaw was his present. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no backstory. The only one that gets a partial backstory is Hartman. The only backstory you learn is that they killed his fucking daughter. That's it. That's it. They don't talk about his son, Bert. Or but there is, um, there is a mention of an uh, inright. Oh, really? In this movie, yeah. Whoa. I missed that. What is, uh, it's that? Sally's dad. Oh, sweet. I don't know where it is. I know it's in here, though. Sweet. Um, and that's from reading articles. I, I learned that. Uh, this, is a, this is a definite not buy. Um, again, we've got another franchise killer. Two bad fucking movies in a row. Yeah. Even though 3D made money, but 3D was... A, Anything with 3D was making money that time. You could have put a fucking dog taking a shit on a lawn in 3D and they would have made money. I'm amazed we never got a Hellraiser 3D. Dude, Hellraiser. I, would I mean, like what? It. Hellraiser's been dead for a long It's yeah. been direct to video for. I'd love to 15 see. Years, I'd love to see, like, years. anything Cinebite World, like, like part two. God, Hellraiser. if they did part anything two. Like, like that like, in 3D. Oh, my God. It'd be awesome. I would love. And these directors were attached to Halloween 2, Rob Zombies. Wow. Because they didn't want to bring Zombie back for part two. Mm. Uh, they walked. And then they were scheduled to do a Hellraiser reboot, Jeez. and they walked from that. Wow. I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, we may not get another Leatherface for a while. I mean, the, when you get two shit upon movies, I mean, uh, Texas 3D has a fucking eight. This has like a fucking 20, I think, something like that. Gotcha. Didn't make any fucking money. Guess what? The the suits are going to go, oh, this franchise is dead. People don't care about these characters anymore. No. You hired poor script writers to do shitty fucking movies. Yeah. Even though 3D looks great, the cinematographer was on point. He didn't even have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they, 
nobody gets the credit they deserve, and anybody who deserves credit, everybody looks at the final product and shits on them. <clears throat> this is no exception. This movie, um, it's bad. I, you know, I I might rewatch it here and there, you know, down the line. <sighs> Diary say not avoid. Maybe a maybe a rent just to peep it, but it's pretty much an avoid. Gotcha. Um, going into this, I'd, I'd always welcome more um, feel for the mythos. You know, I love getting more stuff uh, to you know play with. Uh, but with this, with Drayton set up Nubbins, uh, with them not really mentioning Chop Top at all, it was just kind of let down that they don't. I mean, people don't know where to place their faith in the series. Everybody knows that the the cornerstone for the series is a part one and nobody really wants to build upon it. Nobody wants to take away from it. Well, actually when you make these prequels, you kind of are taken away from it because you're creating all these stories that we have floating in the back of our mind of these unique situations that happened in part one. Um, with Verna Sawyer coming into the Carson money and stuff, you don't make meet Mr. Carson. You don't really ever really fully meet a Carson. So that was a kind of setback for this one. What I was really looking forward to in this film was getting a stronger sense of the poster that we saw way before the movie got made was this silhouette of a young Leatherface. And we didn't get that. You get this strong character like Jackson who is just a wealth of earnest, fucking knowledgeable, smart guy. But to have one single gunshot and this one few fraction of a moment of being sewed up by your mom trash your entire id of your personality to bring you and reduce you down to this, you know, uh, baby-like trapped and, you know, kid trapped in an adult's body that you would get in every other ch uh, chainsaw film. You don't get a glimpse of what Jackson was at all from after that gunshot. And that's what I think was kind of removed from the whole setup is like, it didn't feel within that Leatherface realm. It didn't feel good. Um, but the film all in all, it's not great. It has its marks. It has its points. It's all over the place at times. It looks good. But what does that really say for something that belongs in a series? It doesn't say much. So Rent, awesome. Netflix, it, you know. But I would try to avoid. But if you're like me, you like to get the full gist, to have that stuff to the strength for the, the stories and stuff. It, it has places, you know. It hits small marks. But, uh, yeah, it felt like it had more direct ties to Texas Chainsaw 3D than it did anything else. Because when you get to originals and stuff, I think there's stuff that you really don't... You can't make the original better. The, the original's already, like, the best thing going on. Yeah, I mean, if you're a completionist like I am, I have to suffer direct. Yeah. You know, and that's with every horror franchise. You're going to have some shitty ones. <clears throat> I guess, uh... Final thoughts on the series. Okay. Um, the original is so fucking amazing. It is art. It is important. It is the cornerstone of slasher genre. It's it's the grandfather of it. I think with few films that we talk about that are like true horror films, like yeah. true horror films. I think this is the original. It's by far one of the most solid horror films you can get. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Because, I mean, you talk, you see slashers and stuff, and they have marks, but I think with Texas Chainsaw from beginning to end, there's a sense of dread that just gets elevated throughout the film. When you're at the dining table, you're there with... You're in the madness, dude. Exactly. Her screaming will make your skin crawl. Oh, yeah. And the way it was photographed and the way we brought it with technology to bring it to where it looks today is just amazing that this 16-millimeter film 
it just it just looks great. Yeah, I mean, every series has ups and downs, and you know, even though we trashed these last two films and trashed part four, that is less trashing, I believe, uh, than I did for Nightmare. Yeah. I hold Texas way above Nightmare on Elm Street. And I do too. Um, There's fun to be had in Nightmare, but this is more. Yeah, I I just I've never felt they've got Nightmare right. Not even the first one, not third one. I don't think any of them have got it right. The dreamscape shouldn't take place in a school or a boiler room. It should take place in your dream world. Yeah. And your dream world is limitless. I know they don't have the budget or the. the maybe they just don't have anybody bright enough to write a dream. I, it's hard. I mean, you, it's hard to write a dream. I, I, I agree. I, I also think the fallback for this one is like the reason we don't have a solid Charles Manson film is yeah. because when you're dealing with a family or a cult-like setting, it's hard to have strength within an ensemble of maniacs. Who's doing the new Manson film? I don't think there is one. No, no, no. There's one coming out. I Tarantino, want to say it was like... Tarantino's doing that film with Manson being a backstory oh, right. within... Yeah. Right. Some stuff That's going it. on that whatever the fuck he's going to throw out, which I'm looking forward to, is a 1969 film. But I mean, look at the original. It's amazing they were able to get anything else made because we completely missed. And that's our fault. We completely missed out on talking about something super important with the original, and that's its distribution deal. Yeah, they couldn't figure out how the fuck to get this distributed, so they went to. Uh, uh, Bryanston Distributing Company, and they struck a contract. They got a, a you know, uh, Tobe got a good a little bit of money, and he was like, "Cool, we're gonna get all these other rights, these kickbacks on the uh, box office, and blah blah." Well, they didn't realize that this was a mob-owned company owned by Anthony Big Tony Perino. They called him the Piranha. <laughs> yeah, and this guy was was charged uh later on for the theft of deep throat you know he was he would take films copy the film copy the film copy the film and just send them all over circulate them but that first one is what you're going to make money on but all the others that i just copied i'm keeping that profit texas chainsaw the original if you look at the the box office it's like something like 40 million it's it's not a lot but the movie is said to have made over a hundred in 1974. That's the type of blow up. It's it's hard for us, you know, being born in the 80s and and so on and so forth. And you listeners, however old you are, it's hard to fathom a happening like that. This movie blew the fuck up. If it made o- over a hundred million in 1974 when no, no, ticket no. prices were what? No, no, no. Uh, 50 cents. They said in time, like to, to 2013. Oh, to today? Yeah, today the movies made up to like that kind of amount of money. Can you, I mean, that's like. And they saw nothing. Tell yeah. th- th- tell that Gunnar Hansen. It was story. a Gunnar Hansen on one of the bonus features for Texas Chainsaw 3D. He says that Mr. Piranha, he goes, I always feel like there's a place in Reno where somebody, you know, like I paid for somebody's Mai Tais that night because the film has made anywhere between a hundred million and up from it's being made in 74. And you got to imagine like all this money has been made over these fucking span of 39, 40 years. Like nobody's really seen 
the, the level of royalties. Gunner spoke to the royalty check he got maybe nine months after the film came out was like $47 and change. <laughs> and he didn't get paid shit to do the role Exactly. Either. I mean, these people literally dealt with some of the most hazardous situations to make one of the most horrific, you know, you know, miles, you know, great horror films of our, you know, of our time. And here they are not ever. It, we said, we sang the same song for uh, Ramiro for Dying Living Dead. Yeah. It's like. His, his was a little, he forgot, he didn't know how to stamp copyright. And now it's like, what? Public it's domain. Yeah, public domain phone. And it's like, wow. And here's this guy, here's these, this group ensemble of fucking people that took this chance to make a film like this. And it, it was catching lightning in a bottle and nobody's was able to, you know. No. Everybody lost money. Yeah, because Toby Hooper. I mean, Franklin got paid fifteen hundred dollars for his portrayal in that movie. Wow. And I'm sorry, Gunner didn't come out in Poltergeist. Gunner didn't see the notoriety that Toby Hooper was able to, you know, live on to, you know, because he was a great director. But everybody else kind of suffered in. Yeah, Gunner never came back until this movie, where he had a five minute scene because they finally paid that. him a just a justifiable salary. He said, "Yeah." He goes like, "Everybody's always wanted to have him come in and cameo, but." He was turned it down. The money wasn't. Well, I mean, he was supposed to play Leatherface in part two and three, and he, nope, nope, not getting involved in it. Gotcha. Because he wanted what he felt, and he wasn't a greedy man. Okay. I mean, he, he felt it was legitimate, like $750,000 like or whatever Lee, the fuck like Robert Lee yeah. said, Robert Lee is like, I am Freddy, pay me, yeah. you know. But he wasn't asking for top billing. He was just asking for what I should have made off that first one. Yeah. And nobody would ever make that for him. So he was just like, fuck it, you know. That's why they get away with murder with, like, Jason and Freyth, I mean, and Michael Myers, because these, you know, slap a mask on somebody. Put anybody in it. Yeah. And that's what Leatherface ended up being. I mean, John Carpenter got fucked out of that deal. He made a lot of people a lot of money, and he made, I think, a total, like, less than 500000 Yeah, because I was amazed that the Akkad, uh, Muhammad Akkad, or whatever his name is, Mm -hmm. he directed one film, and it's kind of like a weird film. Mustafa Akkad. Yeah, Mustafa Akkad. Thank you. Um, Yeah, he made, he directed a film. But his big money making fucking thing that made him any was, was buying the rights for fucking Halloween. Any interview you ever see of Mustafa Akkad, he always says, "Michael Myers, I love this guy. I'm never going to kill him." Why it's would like, you? yeah, that's your fucking that's your, that's your ticket. meal ticket. Yeah, exactly. And then he was killed in a bombing, uh, a ISIS bombing. Oh wow, in 2000, 2000 something or other. And went to like another family, another Akkad, right? Yeah, it's now owned by Malik. Gotcha. And. I think Malik's dr- directly responsible for Rob Zombie flicks. Gotcha. Um, Is he going to be a part of this new? Yes, gotcha. they still own it. So they're you're right because I forgot the one of the earliest things. The, that, yeah, the people who lost it was Dimensions. They yeah. lost the rights to produce it because we talked but, about when Marcus Dunstan and all them they were going to direct the original Halloween. Yeah, the people who own the characters yeah. are the Akkads. Gotcha. It sucks. It's they need. Hopefully, Malik has a better vision. Hopefully, he just does what he's supposed to you leased out to do this movie yeah i'm sitting back and, i have no say they I, always have fought what i'd love in a perfect world all the rights for some of our main slashers would go to Bloomhouse. like oh the way God, the way disney kind of great. taken on marvel and lucasfilm to have, it should to have Bloomhouse or somebody control all the slashers and just look for the right screenwriters look for the right directors that are going to take these I mean, because you know when you make a Leatherface or a, a Freddy or a Jason, you know when these people, you know, when these films have a place to be, you have a set fucking, you have a base number of, like, fans that are going to show up. Yeah, and Bloomhouse seems to have their pulse on the horror fan. 
Like yeah. they, they seem to have their fingers on the pulse. They know what's happening. And they always make a smashing exactly. at box office. And they usually put out good films. And I think that's what we need. We need almost like a, a Kevin Feig or something like that. Somebody like Bloomhouse that's going to say, you know what? We're going to give this Scott Derrickson guy Doctor Strange because he's going to do something that nobody's going to see coming. Mm-hmm. And I think hopefully that's what they're doing with Danny McBride taking the executive producer thing. They're going to put the right people in a place that go, you know what? We're going to get you something that you're not going to see coming. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm home for Halloween. I hope I really hope, but they're continuing off the first one, just like 3d did uh, Texas 3d. And that concerns me because it's never really worked. We, the format for it hasn't been laid out properly. Yeah. Cause you know, 3d sucked. And then I, I don't even know what to call my head, this. I can't even think of it. Whoa. Yeah. Halloween returns. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Um, but yes, you're absolutely right. I would love to see a actual horror production studio get a hold of all the horror guys that we love. Um, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Par- <laughs> not Paramount Dunes, right? Yeah, I mean Paramount now has the rights to Jason again and Friday Thirteenth. They were casting. They were casting. They were looking for Elias Voorhees. They had everybody else set up. They had a shooting date. And two weeks before that date, they were pulled the plug because fucking rings did terrible. Yeah, Come and now on. it's tied up again. In legality, fucking shit. Yeah, Victor case. Miller suing the fuck out of them. So we're not going to get a Friday for quite a while. So with this Leatherface, I mean, what are we looking at again? Now we're looking at what doing Hewitt's stuff again. We're going to reboot it all over. Again? I doubt we're going to get a Texas for another ten years because we're going to. I mean, it's going to take a really solid producer to say, you know what, this is what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take like a, a studio like Platinum's D- Dunes that's got all the all money in the world just to, hey, let's let's try it. it we're not going to get another Leatherface for a long time. And I don't know. And it sucks. And I, well, I think the timeline's what what keeps it where it's so scary. But when you can't venture anywhere else, like they tried to do with the Texas Chainsaw 3D, it's like you can't go forward. That was just bad writing. You can go forward with it. I honestly, when we were talking about doing TV series with this, this works. This would work. Because yeah, you have multiple characters, and you can do multiple backstories, and if you want to do the blood feud between families, have at it. I think because that's where you your can explore is. it. Yeah. But just don't fucking write shit and put it out there and be like, there you go. Yeah. Like, because you're going to kill it. Because when we're talking about Leatherface being like this, this, you know, he would just be moved to house, to house, to house. It was like, okay, but he blew up in part two. Then right? how do you justify yeah. part three of Junior being there? It's like, yeah. yeah. And then, oh, well... Or the it, remake where they chop his arm off. Or it's like, well, part four when they set up the uh, the CIA makes ugh. the Leatherface program that it's to... It's like the film Martyrs where you're trying to scare somebody to a point of getting to this higher plane stuff. I don't know, dude. It's like mm-hmm. it, they never had a linear idea. No, they never planned for future. What they did was they go, oh, I could top this last one with my own story. Well, you failed. Now where do we go? Well, the series is dead for 10 years. Okay, Platinum Dunes remake. Boom, solid. Fucking pretty much just like a remake of the original. You shouldn't have chopped his fucking arm off. That's the only You chopped his fucking arm off. There's you have no nowhere sequel. to go. Yeah. And you set the prequel five years before the arm chop. So, so what do we do next? Yeah. It's like, what? Oh. You're fucked. And then you go to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D and you... You've done something go to all the, the way back to seventy four, but then you go thirty nine years forward, and now you have like an elderly fucking Leatherface that it doesn't. He would be eighty, dude. He would be seventy five to eighty. So why would you? Yeah, and it's, it's like pointless. And Bill Mosley makes this funny joke at the end of uh, 
of uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. He goes, you know what the ending should have been for Texas Chainsaw 3D? He goes, uh, um, when she says the line, uh, do your get, thing, cause. do your thing, cuz it should have been uh, her going to the door. And like, just like, you know, like lingerie <laughs> with a fucking, uh, like a bottle of champagne going, you know, do your thing, cuz. Because they have to procreate another Sawyer. And I was like, God damn it, Bill. That's like That would have been good. Did you know there was a stinger at the end of Texas Chainsaw 3D? Yeah, with the parents. Yeah. Yeah. That was a beautiful daylight shot of him just busting out the door. Yeah, still. Yeah, I know. Give me a break. Like, they wouldn't hear in the paper that some maniac was running around with a chainsaw. Yeah, the carnival fucking chainsaw killer is yeah. still alive. Oh, fuck, that's the same guy that we tried to kill 40 years ago. Yeah, we're not going to this uh, housewarming. Sorry, dear. And their age is off, okay? The parents in that Dude, were been... in their mid-30s, probably late 30s. 70 years old. Yeah, and yeah. they're like 45, 50 years old. Jesus. Like, uh, they have to have thoughts, okay? Uh, um, so, I mean, total wrap-up for this series is you have genius characters, genius ideas, executed poorly because people don't respect the property they just want to make a dollar yeah and um that hurts us yep i mean honestly you can go through this series and watch them any which way you want to because it's not going to matter that's yeah. what i love about this shit you could literally watch leatherface 2017 and it wouldn't matter the only ones i think that really need to be watched solely is uh the Platinum Dunes text chainsaw with the Hewitts and then watching the beginning to get like a little backstory on it. But beyond that, I mean, everything else, part one, two, and three are just out there. Next Generation's just literally out there. And then with the uh, text chainsaw 3D, I mean, you could watch it. It gives you the fucking first film, you know? Well, I think uh, how I rated it was uh, the first one, the original, absolute buy, 100%. Uh, part two, I'm pretty sure I gave that a buy. That's was one of my favorite films as I was a kid. Leatherface, I gave a buy, but it was more of a nod. <laughs> like a nod buy, because You're the like, end is compromised. I accept it exists. You know, and no, the, the first hour and ten minutes of that movie is great. I mean, there's a lot of funness, and then, you know, you get the ending that's all chopped by the studio. Yeah, we're going to make Benny fun. a good guy. Yeah, and come back to life, and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Next Generation... No. <laughs> Fuck no. Then the remake, yes. The beginning, a buy as well. And then these last two are no. So, I mean, you know, you got you got some good movies in this this thing. What? How did you rate them? Do you even um, remember? I'm at, I don't know offhand right now, but I know part one and three are definite buys for me. Um, the Texas Chainsaw 3D, like I said, the fucking special feature on the thing is outrageous. Like, for the price, you can get this thing. And if you own, like, uh, Dread... Uh, it was a kind of similar thing. You literally have the regular Blu-ray movie, and you can select 3D on the same disc, so it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I'd put that up there as a buy. Um, yeah, I would never probably buy Next Generation, like even if it was like free. Never had it. <laughs> like if you went to like a, a, a like a horror convention, they're giving it out free. I was like, I'm I'm okay, you know, like I'm 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 okay not having to worry about that being in my luggage, you know. Um, the Hewitt part one in uh, the beginning, I think those are definite buys. Those are great to have in the collection. The beginning's not great, but if you enjoy what they did in uh, the yeah the remake, you, you have fun in the beginning. Uh, the last two, 3D, I spoke to, and then Leatherface, even if it was for sale, I, I don't think I'd, I could ever buy that. You skipped part two. 
Oh, part two. Yeah, yeah. Part one, two, and three are buys. Okay. Yeah, because two is great. If I if I saw Screen Factory, we saw it for like what fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. I was gonna pull the trigger. I just forgot. Yeah. And then I think I'd buy part two because it looks great. It's Let a, me say this. I got one. I got my eight bucks back. Oh shit. I called Voodoo. And you said, what the fuck? I said, I want my fucking money back. It was a rent. <laughs> it was supposed to be a rent, but if you want to just accredit me, and I'll I'll buy some of equal value, anything but this fucking goddamn movie. They're like, dude, we don't do that. And I was like, you better fucking do it. Yeah. Like, or else I'll never buy another movie from you. Like, look, this movie is fucking garbage. He's like, all right, hang on. Let me see what I can do. He's like, well, you watched the whole thing. I was like, dude, I run a podcast. I had to watch I it. I wanted to rent it. I had to record that night. This movie is fucking horrible. I don't want it. Like, yeah, just, I don't, you don't have to refund. Did me. they take it off your list? Or they they took it? it off my list Good. and gave me my money back. Good. That's yeah, that's all I cared about was getting it off my list. I was yeah, like, I was keep like, the eight bucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck that. Dude. I'll take another fucking Steven Seagal movie. I'll take a Dolph Lundgren movie. What, what's funny is whenever I buy like five Sony films on Blu-ray and I do the codes, mm-hmm. they give me a, a free Sony movie for free. What? So I've been getting like uh, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street for free. They give me the voodoo codes and I just like punch them How in. How do you do that? Uh, whenever you buy a Sony film and yeah. you do the Blu-ray code, there's a website you go to and you put the code in and it says, hey, thank you for buying a Sony film. Uh, if you buy five Sony films or you punch in five Sony codes, we'll oh, do- and I got it for free. And so I was like, cool. You know, it's like I get these films for free and it's kind of cool. They allow you to do that. I could never imagine spending money for fucking next generation. That no. is just no. Yeah. Free. I yeah, wouldn't take free. It. I wouldn't take it. I was like, fuck that. Like, somebody no. was like, hey, here, I don't want this anymore. If if somebody was going to leave that to me in a will, I'd rip up the will. Oh, yeah. I'd donate to, to fucking Goodwill or some shit. You know, like, I was like, here. No, I wouldn't take it. I would not handle that movie again. Like, there's no fucking way. It's like when Ralph didn't give you the disc, but you're like, yes, fuck that. You know, like, <laughs> don't bring it back. Merry Christmas. <laughs> fucking keep it. Keep it. I don't even know how I fucking bought it. Ralph's like, you can't break the set. <laughs> I'm breaking the set. Fuck that. I, I know. And I'm sorry. I mean, I'd love to learn more about Kim Hinkle. I'm, he's not one of the most vocal people in a lot of these things. Like, you'll listen to John Carpenter talk with Deborah Hill on some commentaries and stuff. Toby Hooper's on almost a lot of fucking a lot of fucking commentaries, but Kim Hinkle's not been the most vocal person beyond that. It's because he got his fucking face slapped. I go out to direct, this is the greatest Texas Chainsaw, and it is the worst horror. He's not a- Texas Chainsaw. It's the one of the worst horror movies And you I've think he'd seen. be like a sounding board because he's always producer on this stuff. You think he'd be like, you know, cre- characters created by Kim Hinkle and... Tobe Hooper, you know, Tobe Hooper, yeah. you expect some notoriety of the man, but like, he's not very vocal, at least from what I've learned. Beyond that YouTube uh, uh, documentary about Next Generation, there, there wasn't a whole lot to learn about Mr. Hinkle. Yeah, that's his only directing effort. Jesus. And after that, he wrote two movies that don't Just, even have anything. Gotcha. Like, you know, he ne- his career has never been that great. I mean, Eaten alive, unseen, last night at Alamo, Texas Gen- Next Generation, and then pfft, nothing. That's a jeez. And it's like, you know what? You you created something that was great. You should have rode the coattails until the wheels fell off. I but... think he's wearing the cod hat now. He's just like, hey, this is my meal ticket. As long as I get on as an executive producer, I get X amount of money, yeah. and I get X amount of fucking whatever, you know, might be box office. Like, if I get my little percentage off it, that's it. I'm happy. Yeah, well, yeah. that's sickening, because then you get... A... <sighs> Um, so if you, 
if you want me to put it into perspective, Halloween's still on top. Friday is definitely next. And, you know, Friday and Halloween could fight for each other. And then I put fucking Leatherface above Freddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I love that Halloween has the strongest footing for some reason. It does, man. There's something about that 78 film that's great. And even even the sequel is I, fucking great. I enjoy part two. I love it. Yeah. I, like, I usually watch them back to back. And I think three is fun. So when we get into Halloween, I think we're going to speak obviously more passionately. But don't. Expect that anytime soon. Yeah, that's going to be we're 2018. Doing, yeah, we're doing some one-offs. We're actually going to do Halloween coinciding with the release of the new one. Which so. they haven't released yet. They haven't. I don't think it's they, October. It's going to be October. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I mean, we'll jump into it then. But I mean, I I love Halloween. I talk it all fucking day. Yeah. But I'm not gonna. I'm not going. We're not going to watch the goddamn. We're not doing it for a while. No, forget it. We're, we might get in some French horror. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to do some fun stuff. But um, definitely. After this episode, we we're the, gonna do the best of 2017, which I'm sure it's gonna be at the top of all of our lists oh, yeah. and get out. It's doubtful. And then we we were able to reconstruct the it episode finally, so we're gonna have that done. Yeah, out for y'all. We soon. fucking figured out the problem. <laughs> it was amazing. We've been sitting on that for like six fucking months. Yeah, it's like wow. From like theater release, we recorded the next day. And then now it's about to come out on fucking uh, digital, and then it's going to be coming out on Blu-ray and 4K and all that stuff in, G- in the first week of January. Yeah. So I was like, wow, we're finally getting the episode out. Technical difficulties. I guess that's the last theater release yeah. we'll ever and, do. And I'd love to ask everyone on Facebook, like, what's your top three horror films for you know 2017 without mentioning it, you know? Yeah, or Get Out. Or Get Out, yeah. Like, leave those aside. Yeah, where the fuck was horror, you know, for 2017? There wasn't a lot of it. It's going to be a tricky one. It's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. I think we'll leave those two off. Like, no mention. Because I think that's going to be our top ones. Yeah, I mean, everybody's it, of course. It was fucking awesome. Perfect. And then second would be Get Out. So let's leave those fucking out, and we're going to do some surprise (laughs) shit. A couple of uh, listeners have requested we do a top ten, like, just personal horror films. I think we can tie that into our best of. I think we can. I think we can throw it on the back end. Because, I mean, if you want to know our top ten, that's pretty... I could do it right now, but you know what? We could we could roll that right into our... Yeah, we got to wait for Ralph to get back from yeah. his mission. No, Mission Impossible. <laughs> he is fucking... God damn it. He is Maui. It's actually Maui shapeshifter, demigod of the wind and sea, hero of men. I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for his uh, weird glowing hook thing. <laughs> he knows where it is. He used to x-ray. <laughs> Between my legs. Between my legs that it curls below my balls. <laughs> Support system. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to do the best of. And on that episode as well, we'll add uh, our top tens of all time. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, that's going to be a hard list. Fucking throw uh, I know my top three, but I don't know my top ten. Oh, I got it. You got it? No. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, dude, the I, amount I, of movies I think you watch. For, well, I think for our podcast, I think if if you are you steady listening, like yeah, my moods all over the place. So depending, has to be your all time. Fuck no, all time. No, that's what they're asking for. I know, but I couldn't do that. You got to, but I, it changes for me. Like one one day it might be like this, and no. the, other, the other day it might be no. That. It has to be ten films that are ingrained in your fucking soul. Okay, I got, I've got five. I got six, three, seven. I got three. Is Casino a horror movie? It could be. Next time, listeners. All right, this is Jeff. This is Nathan. Keep it scary. I'm Ralph. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary. Sheriff's Department.